In this episode, it's a Fab 15 with my brother Dave and I counting down our Fab 15 movies of 1989. That's the whole show here on a rainy night in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's good to be with you on a stormy night in St. Louis. Sorry if you hear thunder and stuff in the background, or sorry if you hear cicadas. We've got cicadas. It's apparently the cicada time of the year. Uh, I actually kind of enjoy that sound, but I could see where it would be irritating on a podcast if you got in headphones, that kind of thing. There they are, cicadas in the background right now. Don't know if you all can hear that, but if you can't, uh, just trust me. They're, they're there. Hope everybody's having a good time, having a good week. Sorry I've been away from you for a little while. Had some stuff happening. Had to take a little bit, bit of a break. But the good news is, we're back. And when I say we are back, I, I mean we, Dave and I, are back. My brother Dave is here and we're doing a Fab 15 episode. Say hi, Dave. Hi, how you doing? Uh, okay, uh, how are you? Fine. Were you asking me or asking them? I was asking them, but I figured, you know, they're not going to answer me, so it doesn't really matter. Some of them will, but you won't hear them. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Uh, so now that we've got that established... Off to a flying start. Yeah. So we're here to do a Fab 15 episode, and we're here to do an episode that was a subject of my choosing. So I guess maybe I should talk about it a little, uh, rather than ask you to. Um, sure, <laughs> maybe I should explain it. Yeah, because I don't know what we're doing. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. Uh, for those who are maybe new to the show, first of all, I am sorry. Second, uh, the Fab 15, what that is, is it's we make a list based on a single subject. We pick the subject in advance, and we both go away and we make a list of our 15 favorite things related to that subject. The subject could be any given thing. It might be musicals, it might be pop bands, it might be uh, TV shows, you know, who knows? It could be anything. And uh, we go away and we make our own lists. We don't consult each other in advance of the show about what's going on our list. We get together, we hit record, and we talk about our lists and then whittle it down to what our final Fab 15 is. That's the concept of the show. Uh, did I miss anything there, Dave, or is that kind of... I don't think so. I think you more or less nailed it. Okay, good. That's uh, that's a first. I got a, I got something right in one take. Uh, I mean, I didn't really pay attention, but oh. I figure, I oh, figure well. you did pretty well. I'm glad to... Glad the only invested. thing we don't do is we don't necessarily rank that final list. We kind of right. leave that open to interpretation. Sometimes we'll... Uh, just because it <laughs> takes too long more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, we kind of leave that open to people. But we kind of, here's the 15 that we really dig. Sometimes we'll do the but the number one, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've always landed on a number one uh, agreement on that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, otherwise the list, the final list is kind of open-ended. But uh, the subject this week is the Fab 15 movies from 1989. And the reason we're doing that, uh, I guess, is because Dave agreed. And uh, <laughs> it's a subject that I'm just kind of interested in, because 1989 is largely regarded as the biggest blockbuster year ever, uh, for just by volume of how many movies went on to be kind of classic movies. And that's, I, I just think that's cool. I think that's interesting, that they, why specifically that year and that kind of thing. And I don't have an answer for that, but I just think it's an interesting sort of 
sort of moment in time that there was this one year that just produced a bunch of movies that people love. And that, uh, that's been in my head for a long time. And I, I kind of, before I even knew we were doing the Fab 15 as a concept, I'd, I'd just had in my head forever that like, man, there are a lot of great movies from 1989. And I kind of know what most of them are. Like I just hear the title of a movie. And I go, Oh, that's a, that's an 89. That's an 89 movie. And uh, it's just one of those summers. I would have been nine years old at the time, so some of the movies that came out I didn't certainly see in 1989. Some of them I've seen, like, for the first time this week. <laughs> just trying to get the list finalized. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was a kid. I grew up with a lot of these movies. I did see some of these movies in 1989, and I've seen a bunch of them since. Uh, I actually sat and made a list of all of the movies from 1989 that I've seen, and it filled up kind of two columns on a piece of notebook paper. It's a huge list, and I'll read that out kind of at the end of the show, and we'll sort of maybe talk about some of those movies as honorable mentions or something like that. I have a feeling that we're going to have a surprising amount of agreement between our two lists this week. Probably. Uh, maybe not, Maybe not, you know, in what order, but I have a feeling sure. that we'll have a bunch of movies in common. Yeah. Now, did you go with uh, just, and this doesn't spoil anything, but mm -hmm. did you go with um, mostly, like, try to do blockbusters and movies which people really have heard of and that are just supposed to be on there? Or did you just pick stuff you liked? I did a little of both. Uh, there's okay, definitely, I did too, but... definitely a few on here that are personal choices, uh, but there are a few... Bet you that they're all this, that they're... The same. They we may, may have be. the same list. I mean, yeah, it may be exactly very, the same. very yeah. similar. Uh, yeah, there are a few just personal choices. There are a few that I went, well, that has to be on there. Uh, and there's, yeah, I did that with a couple of them. And there's one that we'll get to that I'll talk about that I had on there before I had even seen the movie, uh, because I just knew it had to be there. But huh, we'll, okay. we'll get there. All right. Um, but uh, see, I left stuff off that I hadn't seen, and there's a few things that I'm kind of embarrassed I haven't seen. So sure. how have I never seen? that yeah. or maybe i saw it and i didn't get it or i don't remember it it was because yeah. that was 1989 cable wasn't new but yeah. it was still the thing right um and between cable and going to the video store which i actually miss even though netflix is a video store yeah um i kind of miss that i but, do too uh between that you know you see a lot of stuff and it's reasonable to think that there might have seen one or two of these. I just don't remember seeing them. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, that was the thing. And in 1989, uh, you know, it was the end of the 80s. And I think that's part of why there's so many of these type of movies. Because these blockbuster movies, I'm not going to say they began in the 80s. They didn't. But the 80s owned them. Yeah. Um, and it was just everything coming together uh, towards the end of that cycle so that's my theory on why so many uh movies came out but you know yeah, what maybe. do i know nothing yeah maybe so. just kind of a way to cap off a decade and kind of yeah. um you know because if you look at the years right before the 88 had a had a good too i actually mistyped the first time i mm -hmm. went to see which movies were what and i was like 88 and i was making a little list and going hey <laughs> this is actually cool here's your cooler movies and i was like oh crap wrong year so what, went, uh, what was your number one from 88 oh i didn't make a full <laughs> list i was just writing stuff down oh sure but it was like oh this okay so um yeah, we'll do that next week <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we'll put something in between yeah. um work back to like 1939 or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Every other month we'll do a different <laughs> year. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, so I probably saw a lot of stuff. And there's one or two that I was like, really? That was in 89? I thought it was later than that or yeah. earlier than that. So it's interesting. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. A couple that I just 
would have sworn was from a different time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and I think that I mean, like '89. I just I'm thinking about how many of the movies that are on my list that I ended up seeing in theaters. That sure. I mean, that I, I was nine years old. So that's that's a big thing to say. And just sort of, I I was. Well, we got at, dropped off at the movies a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody our <laughs> everybody our generation did yeah. from there. But we did a lot because there was one not too far from us. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like a dollar show, I think. Yeah. and we wound up seeing all kinds of stuff at the dollar yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, you know, so I I ended up seeing a lot of stuff in theaters. And I I just as I was making my list, I kept going, wow, I can't believe I saw all of these in the in the same year and and some of these the same summer, really. You know, just I was just shocked by that, and that's uh, you know, even knowing that it was that big of a year in advance, I was still surprised by that. Yeah, interestingly, a lot of these I remember from video more than I remember from the theater. And me too on several, and but perhaps yeah. I did see them in the theater and then saw them again later. Right. Um, but some of these I kind of caught up with later on. I don't remember seeing them in the theaters, but some of them I did. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went almost completely on preferences only a handful of them. I said, well, I got to put that in there and it's got to be high. Sure. But um, I I was lucky in that a lot of my preferences would have been on there by merit as well. You know, so I, I just... There's I a couple that are questionable for me, but, <laughs> but, I, I, but I stand by every one of them. I'm looking forward to seeing if one in particular is on there. Uh, I'm, I I can't say it because what if it is right? <laughs> but like, I I'm look I well, maybe should... at the end of the show if I remember I said that. Oh yeah. uh, well, we should get into the list. Yeah, time. we should. Uh, let me grab Any, a pen. Anything else we need to talk about as far as well? He's I'll narrate this. He's going to get a pen. He's standing up, moving across the room. Okay. Got a pen and now he's back. Okay, I wasn't intending to leave that in the show, but now I have to. Yeah, because uh, I'm a genius yeah. of uh, <laughs> narration. Okay. Just not words, apparently. <laughs> That's, yeah. That uh, that looks great on a business card, I'm sure. Um, yeah, there it is. It takes a... up a lot of room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very long card. Uh, it's, um... <laughs> uh, there. Are, I actually uh, thanks though. I should do the show ID stuff. That's important for metrics or whatever people say. Uh, the show Empty Checking has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. There's photos and stuff written there from time to time. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all stuff that I wrote, and it's available over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. My website is derekbrink.com, and you can email me at db at derekbrink.com if you want to talk about the stuff that you hear. The show is, of course, also available on whatever podcasting app you are listening to it now, and also all of the major players, unless any of them have changed their rules and nobody told me. So uh, that's all the show ID stuff. So I think we're ready to get into the list. Okay. We've historically been starting with uh, you revealing yours and then me doing mine. Do you want to keep that format? Or since I'm uh, probably more excited, do you want me to go first? <laughs> it matters not to me, so we can do whatever. Okay. Well, for sake of consistency, why don't you go ahead and go okay. first? Okay, we'll do that. All right, so my number 15 is The War of the Roses. Okay, not on my list, but was in contention. Yeah, um... I think it's a movie that, unfortunately, it got spoiled right before it came out. So Did I, it? Yeah. Um, if you, you may recall this once we start talking about it. The, uh, Danny DeVito did an interview with Jay Leno uh, when Jay Leno was either starting to take over the night show or he was just subbing as kind of that transitional period. Okay. And uh, they're talking about the War of the Roses and he gave away the ending. 
He said, I, he said, wasn't, hey, wow, it's so weird. And I don't want to do it now in case nobody's seen yeah, it. Yeah, I did to watch not it. know this. He says, wow, wasn't it weird that such and such happened? And DeVito just stopped cold. He's like, uh, yeah. So he was oh, talking about wow. how it was a bold choice. Like, well, of course it was bold. And he's like, and, you, oh, and DeVito, wow. and I can't remember if Dito, Vito actually said, what are you doing? Are you, why are you ruining my movie? Mm. I can't remember if he actually went that far. If he yeah. just, because they had a look in his face. Like, I'm like, what did you just do? Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of got torpedoed. And if you know the ending, it doesn't necessarily make you want to see no. the movie. Yeah. Um, right. But the movie itself, uh, for people who may not have heard of it, uh, it's about a couple getting a divorce. Mm. It's mostly a black comedy. There's a little bit of seriousness in it as well, which you'd have to be with that. Um, but a rich company, a uh, company, a rich couple mm-hmm. going through the divorce and what it is. And Devito plays the uh, divorce lawyer, mm-hmm. telling a prospective client this story of how it went and said, now be sure you want to do this before we get into it. It's kind of a warning movie, which I like That's too. That's right, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen it, I forgot that was the framework. Yeah, so I kind yeah. of like that too, that it's kind of saying, hey, think about this before you just dive into it and start hating each other and getting awful. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, calm down a minute. <laughs> think yeah. about things. So, uh, but Kathleen Turner and, um, um, oh... Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I was going to say the wrong name there for a second. Um, You know, both kind of doing what they do. I mean, it's not, it wasn't, I don't know, a a giant stretch for either. No. Those are two people that, you know, if you like them, you like them. Right. Um, DeVito's in it. It's uh, it's a dark comedy, very dark, Mm -hmm. but um, I think a good movie overall. That's sort of what DeVito does best. It is. I love Danny DeVito um, Mm -hmm. in almost everything. Yeah. Even the stuff I don't really like, I like him. Yeah. Yeah, um, same. So yeah, DeVito was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a weird I had a weird experience with that movie in that the first time I saw that was on video uh with mom at grandma's house no that's not <laughs> the greatest way to do that it is not uh but uh there were there were a few things that uh mom laughed at pretty hard that she told me she shouldn't have laughed at <laughs> yeah that happens so. a lot when you're a parent thing. <laughs> it's fun though because you'll go because you'll laugh and your kid will like scold you for laughing it's okay well why are, how do you know what that means you yeah, know yeah. then you get to have that conversation yeah, so that's fun yeah. I, she did not want to have that conversation, but she, she never did. <laughs> no, she did uh, kind of, I shouldn't have laughed at that. You know, you don't know what that means, but it's funny to adults. It's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm nine. I'm practically voting. You know, it was that kind of thing. Yeah, so, <laughs> Actually, with the turnaround of video, it was probably 10 or so by that time. But Yeah, I mean, you're a little, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, dark, like I say, it's kind of a yeah. little bit, a little bit of a serious tone to it. In places, to be yeah. fair, I haven't seen it for quite some time. Yeah, been a while. But I me. have seen it, and there's some of these I ha- I didn't really rewatch a lot of these, but I know them well enough to yeah talk about it. So yeah, uh, yeah so there it is. That's my number fifteen pick. Okay, uh, my fifteen is a personal favorite that I would not be surprised to find if it was on your list too. Probably will be. Uh, my number fifteen is UHF. Yeah. The uh, okay, good. We got a match there. Mm-hmm. The Weird Al tour de force. Uh, the only movie they've allowed Weird Al to make, um, <laughs> at least as a lead. Sure. Uh, it's the story of Weird Al's character. Uh, the very short version ends up through a family connection, running a small UHF TV station. Boy, do I have to explain what UHF TV is now? Maybe. I think I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, UHF TV. Uh, Back in the day when TVs had dials, you would have one dial and you would set it to, instead of a number, there was the letter U. 
and you would just set it on U, and then there was this second dial that you'd spin around and it had different numbers on it, and you would pick up whatever you picked up. Like, every every town, every major town anyway, I think yeah. has its own major UHF station. Like, ours forever was uh, Fox 30. We had two. We had 30, and we had Channel 11. Was That's UHF right. Too. I forgot. Yeah, Channel 11 uh, was also So we UHF. had two. Yeah. Um, and for a while there, 9 was coming in on UHF. That's true. Which yeah. was interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, UHF, just a different band. So your major stations like your uh, um, NBC. Yeah, NBC, ABC, yeah. all that, would come in on... It's VHF, isn't it? Or what is it? What is it? What I is it? It's, don't even remember. I can't remember. I can't either. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to say VHF. And that UHF, seems right, yeah. But I could be wrong. I could be thinking VHS. It's been a long time, folks. It's been a very long time. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, your major stations, and I can't remember if, say now I'm questioning, did 9 come in that way or not? I can't remember. I, I, nine, 9 was our PBS affiliate yeah, for people that yeah. don't know what the hell we're talking about. Right. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so that was what your local stations, your yeah, local, the your ones that, local you know, stations. yeah, the ones that played, uh, Andy Griffith reruns and yeah. Gomer Pyle reruns yeah. and uh, whatever, My Three Sons, all that stuff. And then yeah. there'd be two movies during the day. Yeah. And, and then, then more some, reruns. And then sometimes you'd have just like a weird guy who had a show that you couldn't explain. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just a guy who clearly, this was in his basement, but he had like a weird sort of local interest show. And that's... Sure. That's local sort interest of, shows, local news yeah. things. Uh, a lot of times they would show local sports teams back when your local sports teams were on stations you didn't have to pay for. Yeah. You know, you'd watch, yeah. you know, we'd be watching uh, TV, you know, there's a welcome back Cotter. We're going to suddenly, oh, here's a hockey game. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. And that and that's sort of the concept of the station that Weird Al ends up running in UHF. It's a local weird UHF station that he's trying to make people watch because no one watches it because it's a weird local UHF station. And uh, he starts getting noticed because he hires the guy that played Kramer uh, <laughs> and and he's weird Stanley Spadowski is the name of the character Stanley Spadowski's yeah. clubhouse starts airing and uh, yeah they make their own program yeah they make their own program and they kind of find their own niche and they start to gain a little bit of steam and start to uh, challenge the successful UHF station in town and so there's a conflict between Weird Al's character and the successful, you know, corrupt, evil. Yeah, so it becomes you know, guy. about business. Yeah, it becomes about a business thing. But it's, it, it becomes this weird commentary on, on business, but also Weird Al's version of Money for Nothing is in there at one point. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, it's, it's a very Weird Al and his sense of humor. Yeah, so if you like that, you like it exactly. And it's become. I mean, I almost don't have to explain it because it's become such a cult classic that if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen it. Uh, sure. But U UHF is just one of those weird, fun movies that, when I was a kid, it got absolutely ignored uh, in the by in as far as box office and as far as critics. Well, sure, but look at everything it was. I was going to say because it was up against one of the biggest blockbuster summers ever, and you know people wanted to see a movie and didn't want to see UHF. Yeah. Uh, or the people that did, did want to see UHF. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in theaters. Well, we went, but yeah, nobody but, cared. Uh, yeah, but UHF is my number 15. I just, I love it. And that was part of the thing about UHF, too, is Weird Al actually was saying, we can't do it as UHF anymore. We have to do it as a cable. Yeah. A small cable station. And the, uh, well, my, the story that I got was that this film studio... Orion, I believe, said, uh, no, you have to, it's UHF. That's how it was written. That's what we want. So, um... And he wrote the UHF song and everything else. So yeah. it's funny. It's got a lot of funny moments. There are a few th uh, movie parodies yeah. that are and show parodies that are maybe a little bit dated now. Yeah. But I showed it to one of my... I don't, all three kids haven't seen it, but I showed it to one of them. And despite me having explained one or two things, 
um, left all over through it and still yeah. found it was funny. So it's still, you know, a good Weird Al's always fun. Mm-hmm. Weird Al's always fun. Yep. It's one of those movies that, again, at the time was underappreciated. Now it's a cult classic. It's one of those movies that when I got into high school and found other people that knew UHF, I knew I had found my people. Right. You know, it's one of those movies, which we've a little bit lost that these days, but it's... Yeah, we have. Uh, but that that certainly existed when I was a kid, and UHF was a big part of that for me. I feel like I've talked about that for long enough, All right. and I'm probably ready to hear your 14. Okay, number 14, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to put this on, on or not, and I did, not because I really enjoy it so much anymore, but it was such... A big hit with my friends, mm. and we saw it so many times when it was out that I had to put it on there. Uh, Major League. Major League. Uh, also on cons- under consideration, but didn't make it on mine. Yeah, so... Great um, movie. Major League is, uh, it's, what well, it sounds like, it's a comedy baseball movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and maybe it's different here in this town, because St. Louis is a baseball town. No matter yeah. what else happens, baseball is rules over everything else. And, you know, growing up, whether I liked baseball or not, I watched baseball all the time. Sure. So it was kind of more fun. It was about the Braves. Uh-huh. It was with, so there's the fact that they actually used a major league team and it was... Yeah, it's kind of kind impressive of now that you... Impressive. Yeah. When, I mean, today I don't think they could. Probably not. There's probably too Plus many laws a, and too many... Yeah, handshake on it. But. Yeah, so... Um, but, you know, and I, again, it's another one I haven't seen for a long time. So I know there's a few things in there that are problematic today oh yeah but we can kind of take it as read that in 1989 there's going to be a few problematic yeah, things yeah, absolutely by today's standards and some problematic actors <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the thing is that you know we're just going to take it as movies from the time we're not going to you know, yeah we're try not going to do... apply today's yeah rubric. Um, even yeah. though there's a reason one of the movies i didn't put on my list is there because of that okay but whatever we'll talk about that later okay. so yeah um major league if you're a sports fan and you like kind of broad comedy and you like bob Uecker, yeah um you <laughs> yeah. should uh you know check it out if you've never seen it yeah yeah that's that's a great movie uh i i like that i'm weirdly slightly more fond of major league two uh, because that's see, I don't the one, remember two very well. See, that's the one that was on cable all the time when I was a teenager. I'm um, sure. So you know, that's the one that I gravitate toward. But Major yeah. League One is excellent as well. That's where and it started? Yeah, that's to. certainly mm-hmm. the one that's eligible for this list. Right. <laughs> uh, see, you're much more concise about the things. I I tend to ramble on. No, I'll try to rein you in. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my number fourteen is one that uh, this is. Probably a weird pull for me, and I don't imagine it's going to be on your list, but I, you may surprise me. Uh, Steel Magnolias. Not on my list. Okay. Uh, I have a weird relationship with that movie. Uh, I I saw the play before I saw the movie. The play is better. The play is much better. I've seen the play uh, as well. Yeah, Ed, but the, the, the movie... This is one of those that's kind of on my list because I felt like it had to be, because I, I just have so many friends, uh, especially female friends, that it that movie just means a lot to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I, I get that. The play means more to me. But the uh, the movie is a relatively good adaptation. I mean, the sure. play, the play uh, for those who don't know what the concept is, a uh, young lady played by Julia Roberts, uh, I think maybe her first film role or close. I, it was early on in her career. Yeah, early, but I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, she uh, moves into a town and she gets a job working at a, a beauty salon. And it's just kind of hanging out in the beauty salon and experiencing the lives of these of the women that frequent it. And Dolly Parton's in it and uh, Shirley MacLaine, uh, uh, Sally Fields. Is it Field or Fields? 
Fields. Fields. I think, I think. Yeah, I think so too. It's, I that never remember that. Yeah, My apologies to you. You Google it. I'm going to Google it while uh, you talk. Yeah, she's in it. Um, whatever her last name may be, she's <laughs> in it. Uh, and uh, others. Uh, but it's it's just following the lives of these uh, largely Southern women, just kind of hanging out in their beauty salon and seeing how life unfolds through their conversations. And I get that. It's you know it's a sort of a slice of life thing, or at least it was at the time. It is Field, by field. the way. Field. Hey, there we no go. No less. Uh, sorry, uh, Miss Field, who is totally a fan of this show. Uh, yeah, it, it's just one of those slice of life things, and it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I personally have never hung around a beauty shop, but we all have our place where everybody knows our name. You know, and that's, uh, I think it just tapped into, Cheers tapped into that for men, and I think uh, Steel Magnolias tapped into that for a lot of women. And uh, it's got its really funny moments. To this day, I still will occasionally say, uh, you know I love you more than my luggage to somebody. I just think that's a good line. Uh, I just, it, it's, got a, it's got a charm to it, even though, again, I like the play way better. The movie still has some of that same charm, and it's, you know, just always nice to yeah. see Dolly doing something. As I was saying, Queen Dolly's in it, so yeah. you really can't, you know, go too far wrong. No, it's a good movie. Um, I agree with you, the play is better. I don't think I liked the movie when I saw it, but I was, you know, I mean, I was, uh, what, in 89, I was in, still in high school, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't really relate. I understood those ladies and those characters because yeah. I had elderly aunts and, yeah. you know, not elderly at that point, but older aunts yeah. and stuff. That, yeah, and so I that got, why I, I got yeah. that, but I didn't really relate to it, and I saw the play in college, mm-hmm. which is only a few years later. Yeah. But it's enough yeah. to me to go, so I haven't seen the movie since, and that's probably why it didn't get into considerations. We've only seen it once, and yeah. it didn't. Really, but I liked the play. It was good. Um, got in a big argument over somebody, whether the girl who played Shelby could act or not. So it was, <laughs> was um, that's... Wait, in the play or some, in the movie? In the play. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, no, that's a that's a solid pick. That's good. All right. So that was my uh, that was my fourteen was uh, Steel Magnolias. What is your thirteen, sir? Okay, so from here on out, everything should be higher, include <laughs> all of it. Um, so that's I just kind of had to start writing stuff down. Yeah. Um, what do you want? Thirteen? Yeah, thirteen. Uh, the Dream Team. Dream Team. Oh, I so wanted that to be on my list. Yeah, I just see, I, get I totally went with just personal preference on yeah, this. Yeah, I really until wanted to get that. Until I love a little that later movie on. so much. I love that. I've probably seen that a dozen times. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, it's basically, it's again, something you probably couldn't make now. Um, yeah, not, that's true. Not in the same way. Yeah. Um, but uh, help me fill in the plot here. It's, just, uh, it's uh, set. Michael Keaton and yeah. Flounder get in a van. But yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, Michael Peter Keaton's Boyle. character is um, put into a... Um, an insane asylum. Insane asylum. Yeah. I was going to try and use a better word, but an insane asylum. At that time, that's what it would have been called. Um, it's probably a nice word And I think he's in... I can't remember why he's in it for recovery, I think. I, uh, recovery, or, maybe some anger issues. I think in, yeah. in your anger, I think it is, yeah. yeah. So he meets all these people in there who are you know a little bit who are more detached from reality he's yeah. just he's just having issues these guys are kind of detached yeah from reality and having issues but peter ball you mentioned is in it uh christopher, christopher lloyd, lloyd is yeah. in it um and uh the guy, yeah, the guy that plays flounder, flounder. I don't nobody know his name. St- um uh, first I think. first you're right yeah um, thank so, you so may you rest know, in a peace great uh Great combo of comedic actors that you don't necessarily go to right away. Or but and they, that you would never put together. Yeah, <laughs> but they always make everything they're in better. Yeah. And uh, it's a comedy. It's got 
it's it's got heart. It's it's yeah. sweet in a lot of places, um, but it's also funny and. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe now it's not so great to laugh at the crazy guys who are out on a, but... Yeah, um, oh, that's, we didn't say that. They're out on a day trip. Yeah, so they're, uh, I guess, psychiatrists. Psychiatrists, whatever you want to call it. He uh, brings them out on a day trip, and um, they wind up on their own because he is injured. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But uh, they kind of end up on their own having to make and make their way back um, to the asylum and then trying to find the doctor. Mm -hmm. So... um, that's kind of the story. And it's, uh, like I say, it's really sweet. Got some very funny moments in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my list is very heavy on 80s comedy because uh, comedy from the mid-90s on mostly sucked. So, sure. <laughs> um, movie comedy anyway. And people are going to be mad about that. But I stand by it. No, I'm with you. So, um, anyway, yeah, Dream Team. Um, you know, and again, it's a small movie. A lot of the movies I picked... Not a lot, but some of more than I thought are kind of small movies with lesser budgets and not the big huge thing because yeah. they're fun. It's a sm- yeah. it's a fun little movie, um, you know. Highly recommended. So there you go. Yeah, Dream when Team. I, yeah, Dream Team's a great the movie. Dream Team. I, yeah, I I <laughs> when I kind of started making the list, like I hadn't bumped into that one, and then I bumped into that one and went, oh, I'm so mad I can't get that on there. I, yeah. I really want that to be on the list. If it was, if it was just personal favorites, I didn't have any, you know, feeling of a debt to pay to a movie. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be on. And like, I also more than that, I just had the thought: How do I not own Dream Team? <laughs> you know, on something. I had it on VHS for a while, but sure, it's, I don't have it anymore. So that's yeah. There's a lot of movies I need to go back and pick up on hard yeah. media, physical that's, media. That's a great movie. That's a great choice. I'm glad it's on one of our lists. Yay. Uh, my number 13 is kind of uh, the other side of the coin of a movie you've already mentioned. I, this, again, is one that is not necessarily a favorite for me, but I've, it's a favorite for so many guys, especially, that I felt it needed to be on the list. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Put Field of Dreams on the list. Uh, you said, yeah. Does that mean it's on your list, or is it not? It is not on it my is list. Not? Okay. Uh, just a story. I mean, it's kind of a father-son type story. Guy, sort of. A guy builds a baseball diamond, a bunch of ghost baseball players start playing baseball with him. You've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it or you've seen parodies thereof. Yeah, you know what it is. It's in, yeah. the, it's in the shared yeah, it's memory in this, or whatever you want to uh, yeah, call it. I, I, thank you for continuing talking so I didn't say the word zeitgeist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you still said it, though. Ah, oh, shit, you're right. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, it's one of those movies that just everybody knows it, and if you don't, even if you haven't seen it, you've kind of seen it. You know, it's like it, it's like Citizen Kane that way. Maybe you haven't seen it, but you right. still know you, it. You know it, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those movies that to especially a bunch of guys I know who are baseball guys, that just means a lot to them. And I just, in a weird move for me, I felt like the jocks needed to be represented <laughs> on the list, you know? <laughs> yeah, I figured I... I... Uh, Major League represented it for me, so that was... yeah. Well, that was the thing is I wanted to put Major League God there. Then I was like, well, but Field of Dreams, uh, you know, if I only get one, you know, so that's that's kind of what I'm I googling went with. something right now that I just thought of. Sorry. Okay. Um, if it's which movie came first, they both came out in '89. <laughs> no, I was thinking of a different movie entirely. Never mind. Okay. Um, yeah, but I did not put it on my list. Is it the don't... Joy Luck Club? Were you thinking of the Joy Luck Club? <laughs> was not. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't put it on my list because I don't like the movie. I don't think it's any good. Wow. Um, wow. So, there you hard go. Line. See, I don't... Harsh. I don't love it. But true. I don't love it, but I can watch opinion. it. In my opinion. You know? I mean, it's not... And it's nobody's 
fault. Hmm. It's my fault. I just don't like it. That's fair. It's and I shouldn't have said it's not any good. That's not entirely true. It's, it's not well, for you. It's well done, but it is. Um, it's just not for you. Completely not for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's not really for me either. But I have but, seen it. I mean, I understand you know. why people like it, and yeah. I also don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, you fair know. Enough. So sorry, everyone, but there you are. Make your own list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make your own list. Uh, so with that, uh, you hate uh, you hate Field of Dreams. What's your number twelve? Okay, number 12 is a movie that you know, uh-huh. and almost no one else does, uh-huh. and another one of those when if you see, if, if you quote it, and somebody quotes it back to you, you are their friend for life, Sure. and people who love Field of Dreams are going to go, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> um, so uh, all the hate can come to me now. Big Man on Campus. Oh, oh, that was an 89? Yes, it was. Oh, shit, that should be on my I list. I thought it was like 92 or something, but oh, it was Oh, shit, 89. that should be on my list. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, so, um, well, now you got me questioning it. I have to Google it again, but I... Uh, it's going into the I'm 15. I'm like 980% <laughs> sure. So, Big Man on Campus, what that is... Yeah, 1989 film, right there. Wow. So, what that is, it's basically a comedic retelling of uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Set in the uh, late 80s. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it. That's the story. It's mm-hmm. a little bit, obviously a little bit changed. It's got some modern... Oh, and it's a comedy. It. It's a comedy. Uh, it's a comedy. Um, and uh, it's, but it's another one that has heart. There is yeah. a scene with uh, when they're when after they've found the punchback for better lack yeah. of a better term, um, and they're talking to him and getting him to be able to speak English, and yeah. they've kind of got him through this scene with him and uh, one of the psychiatrists or the uh, type people, mm-hmm. um, of which there are several in the movie. Yeah. Talking to him, there's a scene in there. I don't want to give anything away that it starts off as funny and then kind of makes you cry. Yeah. Um, so there, it's got a lot of heart. It's one of those movies that it's, again, small release, Yeah. small budget. The only person anybody knew, and it was Penny Marshall, um, or not Penny Marshall, um, Cindy Williams. I'm sorry, I got I got Laverne and Shirley mixed up. Cindy, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cindy Williams is in it. Um, and that's it for Star Power. There's nothing. But so funny and such a cool little movie that um it could not be denied in my opinion and uh you know that's one of those where if you quote it and somebody else quotes it like i say you're friends forever um i mean i've said lines from that movie and had people stare at me oh me too and then somebody will just somebody else will laugh like all right you get it you get yeah it. we're gonna yeah. go hang out later yeah. so you can stay um <laughs> yeah so uh i just so funny yeah i'm From just i'm Ju- just sitting judy here thinking finkel about it too yeah judy finkel <laughs> everything oh, else and God. that's i mean you it's uh, we can't even go into it here because it no. would make no sense no i was talking about it but so oh, good that's such, that's such a good show. i'm i can't believe i didn't know that was an 89 it surprised me too i thought it was a little bit later than that i, can't believe, I mean I, I read this whole thing the like the i read this entire wikipedia entry it didn't come up see the the <laughs> internet is no good no that's true <laughs> for, uh, for you know because it, give, no, it doesn't give you all the information you need well i'm just i'm 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 so mad i didn't have that on my list it's going in the final i don't care it's going in the final <laughs> Uh, what are we on? Twelve? Was it? Uh, we're on twelve. Yeah. Okay. My number twelve is a movie that, again, is just kind of one of those movies that, if, even if you haven't seen it, you've kind of seen it, or at least you know one scene from it. Uh, say anything. Okay. John Cusack, yeah, coming movie. of age movie. 
Good movie. Uh, yeah, it's famous for the scene of him standing outside of the girl's window holding up the boombox playing the Peter Gabriel song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's If you know it, you know that. You know that yeah, image yeah. one way yeah. or another because that, yeah. that image has been used by so many people in yeah, so many different everybody's ways. Everybody's done it. Everybody's parodied it. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, some, sometimes more lovingly than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I mean, it's just a teen romance coming of age type movie, I guess. It is. Um, it's just a little smarter than yeah. a lot of the other ones. Yeah, because John are. Cusack makes good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cusack sometimes weird and, choices. Yeah, Cusack's Cusack in it. I mean, he's great. He's yeah. always he's always a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good young cast. Yeah. Um, he wears a Clash t-shirt a lot, I think. Yeah, um, it does. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, the music isn't maybe as good as some of the ones we did on our Right. music show but certainly uh an important part of the movie so yeah it's a really yeah. it's a it's a good film yeah i don't have a lot to say about it i just like it uh mm-hmm. it's just a fun movie and just it kinda, is you know yeah it's really good if you're a fan of john kuzak you've never seen it or you just like romance yeah. movies see that movie yeah, yeah yeah it's good it's it's it'd be weird to be a kuzak fan and not have seen it in fact that's yeah. a that's a blind spot you know what it. say anything is so good that's my number 11 that's your number 11 wow so <laughs> we were almost exact on that Okay. So the good thing is I don't have to talk about it now because we yeah. are. Yeah. But yeah, no, really, really, really good movie. Really honest movie too. That's the thing is it's yeah. honest. Um, and it just, yeah, the whole thing just works. Uh, gosh, I found a DVD of it not too long ago. Uh, well, a few years now back, I guess. And rewatched it. I hadn't seen it for a long time and it still held up. Right on. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we had a match on that. That's, 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 a, that's a nice one to have a match on. Uh, so we are now on my number 11. Yeah. And my number 11 is one that, uh, uh, to me is a guilty pleasure movie, but to other people, it's absolutely, there's no guilt about it. Uh, but it's just, it's one of those movies that I saw in theaters that I kind of grew up with and that I was a kid with long hair in the nineties. So I got this reference to me all the, all the time, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. That was on and off the list multiple times. Okay, and it's currently off, I It assume. is currently off, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was just hanging out on the side, just waiting to come in. Sure. Uh, yeah, so Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you guys know what it is. It's uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and the other guy, uh, Billy... B- Bill? Bill Winter. Bill, Bill Winter. I think, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was going to say Billy Preston. I knew that was wrong. That's That'd be a better wrong. movie. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> That'd be a much better movie. I would love well, to see nothing, Billy... There's nothing wrong with Bill and Ted. It's just... No, no. But no, no it's... yeah, it's just it. It's just something that is is what it is, and it's nothing more than it is, and it doesn't apologize for what it is. And uh, when I was a kid, I loved that. You know? Yeah. I kind of grew up, and my sensibility changed a little bit, and it's kind of, eh, it's fine. You know, it's kind of how I feel about it now. Yeah, well, a lot of I also haven't comedy, seen it in a lot of comedy. Time, begins to fall flat after yeah. a while uh, if it's a product of its time, which is what that really was. Yeah, and then you know, Mike Myers came along in a few years and stole it for Wayne's World, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, um, but at least with Bill and Ted, it had the um, it had the whole idea of taking the historical figures and yeah, throwing mixing them together with these two surfer dudes. You yeah, know, yeah, stoner, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Um, and it's way weirdly educational. <laughs> it's got a little bit way. of education in it. Um, and it's and got again, George, it's a, and it's got George Carlin. George Carlin's in yeah. it, and he's uh, wise. Yeah, I mean, George Carlin plays a um, like a mentor for those guys. Yeah. So yeah, it's a fun little movie. It's 
Uh, if you don't you know, know the plot somehow, a... teenagers traveling through time to complete their history project. Right. That's it. Um, and they have a band. And they have a band called Wild the Wild Stallions. Stallions. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So and they've made two sequels to it. So, I mean, yeah. They can't the... be. But yeah, Bill and Ted is. Uh, that's I. I get that. That's that's okay. I'm okay with that being on there. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that again, I I, I don't want anyone to think I'm you know crapping on Bill and Ted here. It's a perfectly no. good movie, and I I certainly enjoyed it at the time, and for years thereafter, I really liked Bogus Journey when it came out. But mm-hmm. I you know uh, it, I, I'm just in a different place than I was when I was a you know kid or a teenager. You know, right. Uh, so it's it's just it's not something that I return to a lot. Although I did recently we rewatch Wayne's World, so. That's hard to say. Rewatch Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> I did recently do that, so maybe I should give the Bill and Ted movies another shot. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it deserved to be on the list, and it's on my list. And uh, that brings us to, what, your number 10, I think? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of probably an odd pick. Okay. Um, but I didn't have too many, like, family movies. I wanted a family movie on there. And I picked Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm so glad that that is on your list. It is not on mine, but I was counting on it being on yours. Yeah, um, partially because Rick Moranis is in it, and yeah. um, you know that guy, and just forget it. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, we watched it with our kids not too long ago, and they loved it. It's still a good family movie, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the effects, some of them are kind of cheesy now, but the effects were pretty good for the time, sure. you know. Um, and it's. It's fun. It's not anything more than it purports itself to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, scientists is working and experiencing at home, shrinks experiments at home, if I can talk, shrinks the kids. Yeah. They're loose in the backyard. Got to find them. There's your movie. Yep. Um, but it's really cool. Yep. Um, you know, it's a good family movie, you know, and everybody makes fun of it and, yeah, you know, and sure. use it. And that's fine. Um, but not too many people hate it. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? I, 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 I like it. I saw the, it in theaters. I saw it in theaters too. Were you there? I think I saw it more than once. It took. I think we took you one time, and I think I saw That's it with some friends. Probably right. Yeah. Were you there at the screening? And I apologize if this comes off in a way that I don't mean it to, but there was a uh, screening I went to of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and the second row was a bunch of people who were there together, and they were all blind. Yes. Oh yeah, that was that. And I couldn't yeah. figure out. And why that was the movie they chose. Yeah, that's something that's a visual spectacular. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's, it's all about the visuals. Yeah. And there's a whole... Now, I'm sure that they weren't all necessarily completely blind. Probably some sure, of them had. Right. Yeah, Lim- no, I remember Probably had limited, limited sight. And, yeah, I remember yeah, that. I'm going, what? There are five other movies playing now. This is the one you chose? I, yeah. don't, I didn't understand. And I don't mean it to sound callous, but it just... No, sure. It confused me. Yeah. And I was a kid, but it, you know, or a teenager, yeah. but it confused me. I didn't understand that part of it. So yeah, maybe I, that's why it's stuck in my head all the time. I, I, I don't do know. I vividly but... remember. I did not remember that that was the movie, but I remember that yeah, experience. Yeah, it was just so, yeah. it was just so, um... Surprising. Un- unexpected. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that, that's, I, I wouldn't have called it either. I wouldn't call it now. I mean, with that kind of movie. I mean, maybe now with some of the in-ear stuff that they have that, Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a little bit of a different thing. You can better, get but, um, description, descriptive yeah, but services. In 1989, but, but they did not have that. They didn't even that. have that on yeah. televisions or anything. You, yeah. you couldn't get that. Yeah. And I just, I, like, was somebody, I didn't know if somebody was whispering to them what was happening. I mean, I, I assume. Because it's all, it's all action. There's very little plot talked about. Yeah. You know, from you, you can get an idea, I guess, from the dialogue, but it's mostly sure. an action movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Rick Moranis is good in it. So oh, he's great. There you go. And I was of the uh, right age that, uh, for the length of the movie, I was in love with the girl in the movie. 
you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. That's I mean, that happens, yeah, it happens when you're a kid and you're a teenager. It happens yeah, a lot. Yeah, I was, and, and again, it was for the length of that movie, you know? Like, right, I, and then I, you moved I on. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. I have no idea what her name is now. You know, right. Like, didn't spark anything. That happens a lot. But, yeah, I, I was right in that right age. And, yeah, I, I love that movie, and I'm, I'm very glad it's on your list. I, 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 I knew it wasn't going to be on mine, but I was hoping it was on yours. Perfect. Um, so we're at my number 10, correct? 10, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at a complete change of pace from that, <laughs> Glory. <laughs> okay. Matthew Broderick's Glory. Uh, and many others. Glory. Uh, what was that look you gave me? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, was, it, was it that I named the white guy? <laughs> no. Because that is an appropriate but reaction. We'll, but, we'll, but we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, Glory is the story of, uh, essentially the story of a black regiment in the Civil War. Uh, headed by uh, Ferris Bueller, and uh, it's very dark and sad and moving, and I, I, this is supposed to be a fun show, and I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but it's it's very... Uh, it, it, uh, it's one of those movies that the first time I saw it, I was very kind of compelled by, oh, I of course knew that that happened, and I of course knew that there was a black regiment in the Civil War, and I understood intellectually what that meant but you know saw it and kind of went oh this this impacts me this this i i understand a little bit better now and uh, i'm sure you know between 1989 and now there are absolutely movies that have done that better and have done that probably more uh more impactfully um but like that that's the one where when i was a kid i went oh that that had to be awful you know, like it wasn't it, like I went from intellectually knowing, oh, there were black people fighting in the Civil War to realizing, oh, there were black people fighting in the Civil War. Right. You know, and that uh, it was yeah. one of those movies well, that just kind of changed my and, thinking. You know, making it clear in the movie, even if it wasn't completely clear to those involved, um, there was clearly a suicide mission they sent them on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's even right. Even if they yeah. didn't explain it that way completely. Um, you know, they made, they left it no doubt that that was what was happening yeah. and, um, they knew, and the people involved, the regiment knew they just didn't admit it. Right. Um, so until it was far too late, right. but, um, yeah, no, very important movie of 1989. Um, not my, fun. No, not fun, <laughs> but well acted. And that's the thing is that, uh, the only thing that ever stuck with me in that movie that I didn't understand was Matthew Broderick's cast, casting. Really? Because, well, you know how you get, Spiller, you get people and, yeah. into a certain thing that they do in your head. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it's his voice, honestly. Not that my voice is yeah, great, yeah. but his voice does not s- say command to me of anything. Yeah. Um, but having said that, he does a fantastic job. Um, Denzel Washington's in it. Uh, yeah, fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, the, the um, folks, think, Google the cast list. Yeah, Anybody who just, was a black actor incredible. at the time is, um, that is, yeah. I, um, I will say, even though there were some other big ones we don't want to go into yet, mm. uh, or at least now, or whatever, um, in my opinion, the more important movie about race of 1989 um, that came out. So it was uh, actually one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, wow. it's like up there on the so list. So should I so. assume that it's on your list? Yes. Okay, so Gloria is on your list. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I kind of thought so from the way you were talking, but you hadn't outright said it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a great movie. Uh, but I, I see your point about Matthew Broderick. Just, uh, hey, get up that hill over there. <laughs> yeah, this guy's you know, moving slower and... than molasses on a, on a, on a winter Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to do Ferris Bueller and it came out like that. Sorry. Uh, Matthew Broderick apparently had a career in the 1940s as well, <laughs> which we didn't he know. He had a 1940s radio career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he could have, <laughs> he strikes me as like, Kinda, yeah, kinda I mean, you know, and like I said, nothing against Matthew Broderick. He does a really good job, and I like the guy. It's just not what you what I expected. That's fair. Um, and I w- always wondered if that kind of kept it from um, being taken a little bit more seriously. Yeah, maybe. Uh, especially the Times. It wasn't that wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and it's a travesty that it wasn't even nominated. Really, it wasn't even nominated. Not to my knowledge, wow. unless I'm unless I'm wrong. That yeah. did I mean, not I didn't go nominated. that deep into my research. I'll I'll trust you on that. Well, I just like that movie. So yeah, you know. yeah, it's a that's a really great movie, and uh, I mean, not one I saw in theaters when I was nine. Obviously, I saw. Well, I didn't I see it in theaters either. I saw yeah. it later. Yeah, I saw that when I was a teenager. Really, it's very long too. It's a long. That, yeah, movie. it's very yeah. Especially well, I mean, maybe not time. very. It's about two hours. Yeah, plus, for, the, so. for the for the time for the time yeah. when nothing was more than like ninety minutes. Yeah, it was pretty long. Yeah, before Peter Jackson made everything four hours. Right. Uh, yeah, that I. It's just it's one of those movies that the first time I saw it to this day I can name you every person that was in the room with me, uh, in alphabetical order, and their full social security numbers are. Wow. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I just I can name you. Get it's your one pens those, and pencils, ladies. Yeah, it's just and one gentlemen. of those. Uh, just one of those uh, specifically, ladies. Get your pens and pencils. I don't know why I stopped there, but anyway, continue. <laughs> um, uh, just one of those movies. Like I, t- I can tell you where and when, you know, for mm-hmm. for my viewing. And it, it, like I said, it's one of those movies that started changing my way of thinking. And I would allow it on that level. Uh, I'm glad it's on your list. I'm glad it's one of your favorites because it's uh, I. It's one of those movies that I felt like. It should have been higher on mine, and uh, I'm sure we're talking about the same movie when I say the other movie that was about race in that era well, uh, is higher. A few more, but the other main one is is higher on mine. But we'll we'll. I'll get mention there. to see which one you say is the main one. Okay, uh, so yeah, my number ten was Glory, which leads us to your number nine. Number nine, we already talked about. It's UHF. UHF. Okay, done and done. Unless you have anything to add. Don't think so. Do you remember the name of the old guy in it? The, the actor's name? The station owner? I want to be Jack Palance, but it's no. not. No. <laughs> One of those guys that, you know, you see yeah, him and you, you go... when you see him. Yeah, because yeah. he always plays the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Never no. know his name. Never I will. I don't. I don't know the name of the uh, older actor that plays like the uh, homeless guy either. That Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, he's another one of those. He was running the 80s a lot. Yeah. But... Billy Barty's in it. Yeah, Billy Barty's Friend in Rusher. it. Friend mm-hmm. Friend Rusher's in it. Uh, Victoria Jackson. Yeah. Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips. Yeah, Emo and, Phillips. And um, who else? Somebody else. Um, I mean, Bermuda Schwartz probably makes an appearance. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it'll come to me later, and I'll just blur it out. What? So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. My number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Burbs. Okay. Tom Hanks' The Burbs. That's also on my list. Uh, good. Another one of those movies that was slightly underrated at the time. Not not entirely overlooked, but not, you know, it was 1989. It was a big year for movies, and it wasn't uh, wasn't a box office smash exactly. It did fine. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know. Horror, comedy, horror, horror comedy, mix yeah. uh, never really works well with, I mean, it's a rare exception, because people don't know what to make of it. You know, people was I don't want to go see something that's scary me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do a 
you know, and somebody who's into horrors, I know horror comedy is always sucks. Yeah. So it's it's a hard sell from, yeah. from minute one. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, I don't know if I'd really call it horror necessarily, no, but it's mostly comedy. It's comedy, yeah. but it's got kind of a dark theme, kind yeah. of a suburbanite. Suburban horror themed. Yeah, the plot of the movie is uh, Tom Hanks's character uh, has new neighbors move in next door. They're mysterious and creepy and uh, a little bit kooky, and uh, and mysterious and spooky. Stop it. Okay, uh, they're they're uh, uh, they stuck out in a suburban nineteen well, eighties neighborhood. Yeah, and they're um, from from somewhere parts in unknown. Europe. Yes, some small European country. That... Yeah. From parts may or may not still be a country, uh, and they're 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 a creepy family, and they're they stuck out like a sore thumb in the 1980s suburban world that also has Corey Feldman in it, uh, who also sticks out, but in a different way. Every 1980s world had Corey Feldman. Yeah, in we it. all know a Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so he was he was there, Ricky, uh, and yeah, Ricky, yeah, and and uh, no offense to Corey Feldman, probably, but he was uh, he was certainly in that movie. Uh, but yeah, just, there, there's this weird family moves in next door, they're suspect, and the neighborhood's trying to figure them out. That's the basics of the movie. And Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah, one Hanks of their neighbors, uh, goes missing unexpectedly. True. And these, uh, the suspicion is that the new family may have something to do with it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, You know what I would call it? Well, instead of being a horror comedy, it should have been a Hitchcockian comedy. That's a good, that's, yeah. Because it's thought. a little more, got a, yeah. more of a Hitchcock vibe to, at least the last... Ten minutes or so, yeah. kind yeah. of turns into a Hitchcockian. Yeah, thing, so. that's a good thought. That's a good description. Um, but yeah, uh, Tom Hanks is in it. Um, Bruce Dern. Yeah, Bruce Dern, is who, one of who the has neighbors. always been seventy-eight. Yes. Like I, I, I rewatched that movie recently because I watch it every summer. It's a quintessential summer mm-hmm. movie. I for watch me. it a little later in the su- in the year than summer. That's fair. I don't think of it as a summer movie, but it probably is. That's yeah. I, it just feels like it takes place at summer as much as anything. I mean, Tom Hanks is walking around in tiny shorts. For a lot of it, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, but didn't really think about it. But anyway, but it's it's quintessential summer viewing for me, along with uh, uh, Meatballs and uh, The Great Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are my three summer movies that I must watch. Uh, but yeah, I rewatched it recently, and I was kind of went, wow, Bruce Stern has always been seventy eight. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's just that guy, he's, and he still is. And I think he's like eighty six now, but he's still seventy eight. You know, <laughs> and and God bless him, I love Bruce Stern. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, um, Carrie Fisher. And yes. She's the wife of uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks' wife, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's got a really cool cast, and uh, but the movie's just a lot of fun. Uh, uh, speaking of cast, Brother Theodore is in it, uh, plays the old man of the creepy family. Brother Theodore, oh, uh, yeah. known as a black satirist, uh, just a very dark satirist. Uh, he's really hard to describe, but a little bit into mysticism, but mostly comedy uh, like uh, he passed away several years ago and on his gravestone is written as long as there is death there is hope is uh, a joke yeah. that he loved to tell uh, just a very kind of gloomy weird guy who is another one of those guys that kind of if you know who he is you see him and you know him but not everybody yeah. knows his name uh, and like the kid who played Malachi in Children of the Corn is uh, the sort of probably 20, 20-ish guy in right. the creepy family mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. point. Just a really interesting cast when you start thinking about well, that we as well. left out Henry Gibson. And Henry Gibson. Henry Gibson's yes, in it. Yes, yes. Uh, he's, uh, uh, that's almost a spoiler. Uh, but <laughs> No. Because of his appearance. Mm, no, not necessarily. He's in it from, uh, for a lot of the movie. The second half, he's in it. Yeah, but you don't expect him when he shows up. Okay. It doesn't matter. No, it's just his character. Yeah, it's a movie it's, from 1989. His, well, I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler at all yeah. in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, go ahead. No, fair enough. But he's in it. 
uh, Laffin's Henry Gibson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a really interesting cast, but the movie, regardless of the cast, uh, and we're forgetting uh, Rick Common, may he rest in peace. Yeah. He plays a... Uh, uh, Comedian. Yeah. He's, it was a stand-up and yeah. uh, did some writing. Didn't do too many movies, but... No, but maybe the funniest part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he he was great, too. He played uh, one of the so other I'm, neighbors. Uh, doing stand-up at one point. Did you really? A funny one. Yeah, he was he was very... Just, uh, just a nut bar. Hmm. Uh, but in the in the nicest possible way, you know, very, very just just craziness, goofiness, yeah, um, total, just to, to, totally silly, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that's that's all over his character in that movie. Uh, great cast, but the movie also is just a lot of fun, and it has its moments of suspense and moments where you kind of go. I mean, yeah, I, I was a kid, and this is another one I saw in theaters, oddly, and I remember being creeped out. You know, and being kind of a yeah, little bit you, scared. If you, you know, don't, well, and nine. that's and it works pretty well that way. And yeah. if you're not used to seeing those types of movies, yeah, uh, suspense movies, thriller movies, um, yeah, yeah, I can get there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, a that's lot of, certainly not the thrust of it. And I mean, no, I, I that's. Think, I think if I'd have seen it for the first time when I was thirteen, I wouldn't have had the same reaction. Whole I saw it when I was nine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in a yeah. dark theater. And uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people will say that the Burbs doesn't work very well. A lot of people think it it doesn't go too far, far enough into comedy or far enough into the um, darker, scary stuff um, for it to work. That's been the main complaint of it. But sure. I think it's... I disagree. I think it does a very good job I agree. Um, of everything. And I think it's, over time, it's become a lot more uh, universally accepted and uh, liked. It's still not a whole lot of people's favorites, right. although you and I are an exception to yeah. that. But, um, yeah, it's become more accepted as, and it's kind of found its audience which is nice yeah through video and streaming and whatever else cable yeah. and all that stuff late, uh, night, late nights on tbs yeah that's just i i love late nights on tbs even to this day uh i believe that brings us to your number eight yeah i was trying to remember what number we were on all right um you last number, said uhf yeah if that helps you no i got it so my number eight um again everything from number 10 on should have been higher sure. um the number eight Actually, from number, like, 12. Anyway, uh, Back to the Future 2. Okay, on my list, but much higher. Yeah. Um, so, Back to the Future 2, I think... I just wish it had ended slightly differently, because then we wouldn't have had to sit through Back to the Future 3. I like 3 more than most people do, but... Um, I, three, I 3 was one of the first movies I ever considered walking out of wow. while in the theater. Wow. Um, yeah, I really just like part 3. Wow. Having said that, 2, um, a lot of people don't dig because it's it's darker. It's got a little darkness, yeah. but that's what I liked about it, putting the darkness into what had previously been considered a lighthearted mm. comedy Family comedy, even though, you know, John Mulaney will tell you it's not. But right. <laughs> <laughs> you can look that up for yourself. Um, I but yeah. about that bet. That's a good bet. So um, I like that. I thought it advanced the story real well. It was uh, interesting to see uh, Marty and everybody in the future future, even though... It's now the past. <laughs> it's now the past and future... The future movies never come to... Uh, fruition. Never come to fruition. Good word. And, Thank you. Um, Went you to know, college. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to say about it. It is kind of the link in the middle, but I do really like that movie. Um, I th- 
Is it better than the first one? Maybe, maybe not, depending. Um, I don't know if it ages better or not. I, I have a take on Back it. to the Future 2 that no one's going to like hearing. What's that? Including you. Sure, go ahead. Uh, okay, I want to... I, I On record, I like this movie a lot. It's mm-hmm. very high on my list. Yes. It's not a very good movie. And no. you, you want to know why I say that? Why? Because it is... What it what it is? It's not a very good movie. It is a very good fan of the first movie. You cannot yeah, walk but that's into okay. back. Yeah, it is. But you cannot walk into Back to the Future Two without having seen one and have any idea what's going on. You can do that with a lot of sequels. You cannot do that at all with Back to the Future Two. That said, it is my favorite of the trilogy. Yeah, I really really like it. I quote it a lot. I love 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 that movie. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> Do you say it's not good because you can't walk into it and not know it? That's is that, part is of that it. your only reason? That, that's the main reason. See, I, I don't know if I agree with that 100%. I also just see a few, you know, dumb sci-fi fan holes, you know, but... <laughs> sure, but it's a it, it, comedy. That's fine so it in a comedy. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's not a science fiction movie. It's a comedy that happens to be... Yeah, be a science fiction. Yeah. Um, I, I told you no one would like that, that I feeling. Don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you say it's not a good movie because it's it could have been executed much better, then I agree. But, but yeah, that's um, part of it. But yeah. not being able to know what's going on, I think that's great. Okay. That's More sequels should do that because, you know, like why did, why did I sit and become a fan of the first one if I can just come in and pick, you know. Right. Continue the story. Let me know what's going on. Let's go, you know, so everybody else catch up. Lord of the Rings movies did that, uh, to I a mean, degree. Yeah, I maintain you can kind of watch at least two towers. <laughs> yeah, but if you come into yeah, uh, three, Return of the yeah, King, three, you, have no, you yeah. don't know what's... And I yeah, know people right. that did that. You're right. Like, oh. Yeah, on the third one, you're screwed. And I do yeah. love Lord of the Rings more um, than almost you know, anything. And some people would say, even even despite the credit crawl at the beginning, some people would say some of the Star Wars movies, they have no idea what's going on. I would on agree with that. Seen it. I don't so, think you have any idea what's going on in the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I never really thought about it, but I, that's, I really like that, yeah. um, that okay, idea. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, is it better than the first one? I mean, I probably like it better than the first I one. Like I like it better than the first I one. I don't know if it's technically better or not, but um, it's good. You know, it's got, you know, same cast, and it's interesting to see what happens to people. In no the, Crispin Glover. <laughs> Crispin Glover's in it? No, Crispin Glover. Oh, Go- you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. He got replaced. Yeah, you're right. I forgot That's about that. That's why they hung the actor upside down, because they figured that if he was upside down, you wouldn't realize it wasn't Crispin Glover. Yeah, I, for, I, and I, he, I didn't. And if it was Crispin Glover, then they got to hang him upside down. That's how right. pissed they were at Crispin Glover. Yeah. Um, no relation to uh, Danny Glover, by the way. Right. I uh, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, so, same Otherwise, same cast. Actually, no. Leah, Leah Thompson. Not she's in it. No, she's in it. She was not in Back to the Future 1. Yes, she was. No, she was not. Yes, she was. It's a different girlfriend. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Leah Thompson is in it. The girlfriend is different. Marty's girlfriend. Wait, oh, yeah, but nobody cares about that. That's true. Sorry, I got confused. Yeah. folks at home. Sorry about that. Yeah, I now know what I did wrong. Okay. you don't have to email the show right. at dbaderbrink.com. You, you might get email the show. Yeah, go ahead. That is just. <laughs> you know what? Unload on me. Leah for that Thompson one. fans unite. Yeah, unload on me for that one. I love Leah Thompson, and I miss I misspoke. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all. I I have a DVD, loves... I have a DVD copy of Howard the Duck. That's how much I love Leah Thompson. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> dude, I have the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, it's an original precedent. We can it's talk about nothing. Howard the Duck another time. Let's. <laughs> um, so uh, it is an original precedent. You can see the 
the I, I, vinyl in it. I was 100% confident saying um, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, where were we? Um, uh, same cast. Same, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, good movie. So, yeah, Back like to it. the Future 2. That's yeah. my number eight. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I do like that movie. It is way higher than that. Please, nobody take me saying it's not a good movie too seriously. Uh, because I do love it, but it just... Well, you know, it don't have to be technically great to right. be a good movie. A lot of movies I like stink, but I love them. Right. <laughs> uh, that was your number eight, right? That was, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, that was number eight. Okay, so we're on my number eight. Mm -hmm. My number eight is, uh, compared to the rest of the list, I mean, it absolutely belongs on the list, but compared to the tone of the rest of the list, kind of a weird pull. I don't know if this is going to be on yours or not, because it's almost not wedded to a year. It's almost timeless. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, it's on my list. Okay, good. It should be. Uh, look, everybody everybody listening to this knows National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. If you've heard of Christmas, you've seen this movie. It's Or at least seen parts of it or yeah. you know about it. Yeah, it's Chevy Chase, it's Beverly D'Angelo, it's a, it's a National Lampoon's Vacation movie. Mm -hmm. This time it's a Christmas. Yeah. That's the end of the plot. It's just... It's <laughs> just uh, Less, it's it's not as dirty as the first two. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah, um, it's it's more it's a little bit more heartwarming in that way. I mean, although the first two have their moments, but it's a little bit more sure. heartwarming. A little more heartwarming. Way. It's still family most, Mostly just funny. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's a it's kind a, of a uh, it's a weird, slightly dysfunctional family having a Christmas, and Randy Quaid shows up and empties the shitter. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the it. movie. <laughs> there, there you are. At one point, a cat shoots a Christmas light. Yeah, and yeah. that. Means I'm never gonna have Christmas in this house, right? Because I love my cats, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm scared to death of that every day, <laughs> but because of that movie. But uh, yeah, I, just a great movie, a great comedy. It's a timeless Christmas classic. It, it, I, you watch it every Christmas. I watch it every Christmas. Everybody who has a Christmas watches it every Christmas. My apologies to anyone who doesn't celebrate, but there's a good chance that you watch it too. It's just one of those movies that's so beloved and deserves to be so beloved. Yep. And I, I, I've got nothing else to add. Okay. I just, it's my number eight, Na National Lampoon's go. Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is your number eight. Yep. My number seven is National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> nice. So, there we go. And that's still why I will often be at dinner and go, The Blessing! Oh, and yeah. That. And, uh... You know, sometimes people get it, some people stare at me, but that's okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, there, we could just quote lines from that for the next hour, but... Well, let's not. Let's, yeah, let's not. <laughs> let's move on. That brings us to... What's your number seven? My number seven is uh, a movie that uh, is underrated, even among people within the cast, even, with, uh, even among people that are gigantic fans of the franchise. My number seven, Ghostbusters 2. Okay, that's also on my list. Uh, I'm going to go on record right here and now. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Say it. Best it. Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Best Ghostbusters movie. Uh, and here's the, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife recently. Mm -hmm. Liked it a lot. Really, really liked it. Didn't mention Ghostbusters 2 at all, and, it, and I have a little bit of a grudge about that. I think there is a, There's some, probably some a small, small but stuff, and there's like some background stuff, but it, yeah. It's another one of those movies. Actually, I think this one works on its own, but it's another one of those movies that's a big fan of the first movie, not so much a fan of the second movie. Uh, but Ghostbusters 2, my favorite of the franchise, and look, you guys know what, listening to this, you know what this, what Ghostbusters is, it's guys fighting ghosts in New York, uh, it's a cast of greats fighting ghosts in New York, and it's a comedy, uh, that's what it is, and that's what it is again on Ghostbusters 2, but I think it's so much better structured than the first one, I think there's a clear story throughout where the first one had a bunch of scenes, 
that yeah. kind of unite. This one has a uniting story and a very strong arc. I I, I just I, I think there's an emotional grip to Ghostbusters 2 that is in the first one and is certainly in the new one, but I think Ghostbusters 2 did it very, very well. Uh, I just think it's built really well. I think the story's told really well. I think it's funnier. Sorry, I think it's funnier. And I think it plays to, like, I, I can guarantee you, folks, I saw Ghostbusters 2 before I saw Ghostbusters 1, because that's the age I was. And I saw it in theaters. And the reason I saw it in theaters is because I grew up with the Ghostbusters cartoon show. And yeah. I fell in love with the cartoon show. And, oh, there's a new Ghostbusters movie. I'm going to see that. And I went in and, ha, this is fun. It's the Ghostbusters. Uh, but, like, they're people instead of cartoons. And I like this a lot. And that's that's sort of my experience with it as a kid. I, when I was a kid, if I'd have seen Ghostbusters 1, wouldn't have been into it. Wouldn't have played to a kid. But Ghostbusters 2 plays to virtually every member of your family, virtually every age group. And I love it for that. And I just, I, I there's... I've so much good to say about this movie. I've already said enough. Dave, you look like you've been wanting to say things for a while, and I've just kept talking. Please start now. That's your thing you do. Um, anyway. That's true. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I think part of the reason you like Ghostbusters 2 better than 1 is because you grew up with the cartoon. Probably. It's because of your age now. Now, having said that, I am a person who... I saw the original Ghostbusters when it came out in the theater, like one of the first days it came out, because yeah. I had... The cast was in there, you yeah. know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and all that. So, um, and the build-up to that movie was pretty strong, and the video on MTV and all the yeah. stuff. So, um, I didn't see it first day. I was grew up with the first movie. I saw it multiple times in the theater. Saw it when it came to DVD. Thought the cartoon was stupid. Sure. Sorry, but no, I that's, hated that's the fair. cartoon. That's fair. Um, and uh, saw Ghostbusters 2. And most people of my age and who had that experience were let down a little bit by Ghostbusters 2. They didn't sure. think it was as funny. Um, and that's debatable whether it's funnier yeah. or not. That's personal preference. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely I, plays to a younger audience. It does play to a I think that's part of yeah. why people don't like it. Yeah. Now, having said that, I agree with you. I think it's better. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because it holds up better. Agreed. I think... Um, now, the first Ghostbusters, don't get me wrong, I still watch it when it comes on oh, TV. timeless classic. I have... Yeah. I have it on DVD at the Me house, um, you know, and I will, I'll watch it. I like the first one, I think, and I do think the jokes hit better in the first one. I think it's more about sure. the comedy and less about the story. But I think that two is, um, if it's not better, if it's not, I mean, I like it better. If it's not better, then it rivals it. Yeah. It rivals it in story and in structure, like you're saying. It may or may not rival it in comedy, depends on your point of view there. Right. But... Um, yeah, I think that Ghostbusters 2 is unfairly underrated. I agree with you 100% on that. Okay, great. And it's on your list later. We'll get mm -hmm. there. Yep. Okay, so with our agreement on Ghostbusters 2, that brings us to your number six. Okay, my number six Ghostbusters is... 2? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's been happening on it's this been, list. Yeah, it's, so been, it's like I say, it's been uh, kind of back and forth. My number six is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, Temple of Doom was not 89. Last Crusade was. That's what I meant. I'm okay. sorry. Last Crusade. Sorry. I, uh, said the wrong film because Temple of Doom is my favorite, but, Fair um, enough. Uh, Last Crusade is also on my list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last Crusade is what I meant. Sorry. Um, I was a little bit worried that I was wrong there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I just said the wrong one because I always have to talk about Temple of Doom and defend it to people. So That's I was fair. Just, so yeah. I was just used to saying that. I mean, I'll go on record. Really good movie. 
Yeah. So um, I put Last Crusade on there uh, at number six. It's not in my my personal top five, but it very well could have been. Sure. Uh, you know, you got Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the adventure that you want it to be. Yeah. You know, it's um, you know, it's I always like to call all of those movies uh, Indiana Jones and the really complicated trip yeah (laughs) i mean the the detour from teaching indiana jones and the mysterious ben pal something yeah whatever it is um (laughs) yeah yeah so it's um but you know there's really not a whole lot to say it's got some really good scenes in it um you know the polar grail thing's always fun yeah um it's just yeah i mean there's not a whole lot you can really say you know other than saying is it good or good or is it better or worse than one of the others? That's right. a way you can really talk about it. Right. Um, leaving Crystal Skull out of the conversation. Yeah. Um, just yeah. intentionally. Yeah. Harrison um, Ford wants to make uh, Indiana Jones five. I want him to make Indiana Jones four. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and the thing was, it was okay until like about halfway through. And then yeah. Just, yeah. Then it just started. Anyways, never it's not, it's not about that movie. No. Um, but... or Temple of Doom, which no, I, which I would love to talk fine. about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So last crusades on there. Um, because like I say, it's a movie that it didn't, in my eyes, I don't think it topped anything that came before it, sure. but it didn't disappoint. Right. And to get to the third movie and it not disappoint you right. in any series, especially in the 80s, I think, uh, you know, I think it's just worth it just for that. But, yeah. you know, always, but, you know, in Anna Jones movies, the first three anyway, um, always a good time. So, yeah, there I'm you go. with you on all of that. I will say uh, that was my first Indiana Jones movie. I had not oh, probably seen it was, before. Yeah. Saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and that was my first Indiana Jones movie, first ex- exposure to the character, and first exposure to that world, and I was immediately in love. Yeah. And, you know, as a kid, you know, playing with my friends, we played Indiana Jones, you know, uh, after that movie came out, not before. Uh, and I just, I loved it for that. I love the Holy Grail stuff in there. I, I appreciate the sort of, just the look of the film. Uh, one of the things that happened to me recently, or that I, I guess I brought upon myself recently, uh, after Sean Connery died, uh, that's the movie that I watched. Uh, okay, that I makes just, sense. Because I, I think it's very possible that was the first time as a kid I recognized who Sean Connery was. Hmm. And like from then on, it was, oh, that's, a, that's Indiana Jones's dad. Yeah. You know? There's a scene in that movie, uh, spoilers, I guess, on a 30-year-old movie, there's a scene in that movie where, at one point, Sean Connery's character, Indy's dad, thinks that Indiana Jones has died. He thinks he's gone over the side of a cliff and died. And he's looking over the side, and he's very kind of choked up. And then it's, it's played for comedy because Sean Connery's looking over the side of the cliff, and he's very sort of upset because he thinks his son has just died. And Indiana Jones just walks into frame next to him and looks over the cliff is like, whew, you know, and just kind of shrugs. And Sean Connery turns to him and just gets so happy and embraces him and just says, I thought I lost you, boy. I was a mess watching that after <laughs> Sean Connery, just sobbing <laughs> alone in my house, just uh, didn't even have the cats yet, just sobbing that at that scene. I was like, oh, it got me. <laughs> I, I've seen this so many times and that got me. You know, and I just, I, just something about it. Uh, I I love that movie so much. I'm glad it's on your list. It's higher on mine, but sure. it's also on mine. Uh, that's that, just just a phenomenal movie, uh, and speaks to the 
type of year that 89 was in movies. Right. Uh, that's that's the kind of blockbuster that you're up against when that reaches number six on someone's list and not mm-hmm. in the top three, you know, yeah. that's, uh, which I guess brings us to my number six, which is, again, maybe a little bit of a weird pull for me, but I... I'm of the generation that I'm of, and sang songs from it in choir. I think you have to pay some kind of homage to it. My number six, The Little Mermaid. Okay. Disney's The Little Mermaid. Uh, for those of you at home, it's a Disney movie about a mermaid. There's your plot. She's little. Uh, yeah, she's little. Uh, she's, I think, supposed to be a teenager in it. They're about, mm-hmm. but she Ariel, falls in yeah. love with the guy she's going to spend the rest of her life with because that's how it works when you're 16. Sure. That is how it works when you're 16. Actually, I don't know why I said that sarcastically. <laughs> at least in your own head, that's how it works when you're 16. Right. Uh, but yeah, she's, it's, uh, look, I'm, I'm, Actually, not the world's biggest Disney person. I think I have what is an appropriate response for a single man with no kids in his 40s uh, to have to Disney movies. And that, like, oh, yeah, that's cute. I think that's an appropriate response for someone in my particular position to have. And that is the response that I have in general. But I also, you know, was nine when The Little Mermaid came out. So, of course, I saw The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't go th- a week without having, you know, what is this stuff? Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Like, I don't go a week without that being in my head for some reason or another. Uh, just the songs from it are iconic and have gone down in Disney history. It's of the time when Disney put something out and it was immediately canonized as the Disney film. Yeah, and just held up as a holy grail of of movies for children and uh, teenagers who have nothing better to do, and are in choir. That's uh, you know that's that's what it was just of that that it was maybe maybe even the peak of that era. Maybe Lion King outdid it a little bit. Lion King probably outdid it. uh, But it was just in that sort of window of movies like that. And Little Mermaid, I don't have a copy of it. I would, but I would definitely watch it if someone put it on. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those movies that I I am not absolutely in love with, but that it's definitely a part of my story and a part of my life. And it's one of those movies that I, I had to be on my list and it had to make at least the top 10. So it's at my number six is The Little Mermaid. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with The Little Mermaid. Sure. Um, I was obviously much older than you when it came out. Seventeen ish. Yeah, yeah. We're also 16, 17, somewhere in there, depending on when it came out. Yeah, well, part of the um, year. So... I, you know, it didn't interest me much at the time. Yeah. And the fact that there were so many people that I knew that were my peers yeah. that were in love with it yeah. just, just annoyed the snot out of me. Yeah, yeah. I Be- hated that and I hated in, them. Being in high school <laughs> when the doing new Disney it. movie comes out is awful. Because <laughs> all these people are like, what? Why? Yeah. You know, um, now having seen it since then, you know, it's, it's good yeah i don't dislike it sure i'll watch it you know the girls would watch it and i'd watch it with them um you know and yeah so uh, it always bothered me that uh they the song um the songwriters um Uh, ashman and the other guy yeah i believe his name (laughs) is escaping me i was bothered me that they recycled uh the little shop of horrors yeah okay i actually wanted to mention that yeah Yeah, so part of your world is part of the world is 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 somewhere that's green from little shop of horrors was just basically redone absolutely change the course around a little bit it's a little few changes in it yeah but at that point little shop of horrors had not been remade yeah yet i don't think i'm not sure Uh, maybe it had maybe i'm wrong 
Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not might have. I'd have to check yeah, that. I, I know that I recently rewatched Little Shop, and I went, "Wow, that's that's note for note." And it bothered me at the time, yeah, because I knew it. Um, well, because you did Little Shop, did as Little a, Shop of Horrors, yeah, yeah, in in, uh, in theater, theater. So yeah. it bothered the snot out of me. Yeah, at the time, it still kind of bugs me. Yeah, you um, know, you're right. That is something that I meant to mention. That and that's noticeable. So, um, so that's it. But I mean, there's some good. I mean, you know, everybody loves the Sebastian the Crab. Everybody loves the Crab. Yeah. Um, you know, for some reason, Jamaican crab. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, we won't go into that. Um, you know, Buddy Hackett's in it, so you can't go too far wrong there. Little Shop was 86. Yeah, so it was out already. Yeah. And they just redid it, just didn't care. Yeah. Um, cause I was thinking that, oh, well, they did it because nobody really knew that song. But no, people knew that song, just yeah. nobody cared about it. We absolutely knew that song. So that bugged me. Yeah, um, no, you're, you're right. So, but having said that, you know, I have seen it since and my opinion on it has softened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some good parts to it it's fine you know i like i like the sea witch personally she's my favorite yeah ursula um yeah. she's awesome because um she's just you know she's just girl boss basically yeah. so little mermaid um you know like i say not on my list i thought about it for about two seconds and decided no but i understand why it's on yours okay so I fair get enough it. i get so that it. was my number six was little mermaid okay uh, we are ready for we're in the top five we're Yay. ready for your number five my number five we've already talked about is the burbs burbs okay Unless you have anything to add, we can just move on from there to mm-hmm. my number five, I guess. No, I don't think so. I think we've talked about it enough. We'll move on. Okay. Uh, my number five is a movie that I had not seen until this week, and when I saw it, it completely changed my list. Hmm. Uh, it was going to be on my list anyway because I knew it had cultural significance, and I knew that there would be uh, friends of mine who listened to the show that would be shocked if it wasn't on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had never seen it because it came out when I was nine. And when I was a teenager, I saw a part of it and didn't get it and didn't think that it was made for me. And I rewatched it, uh, well, I watched it in full for the first time this week and understood, oh, this was aimed exactly at me and it needed to be aimed exactly at me. Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Okay. Is my number five. Okay. Uh, For checkmates, I'm going to apologize for this in advance. For years, I believed what was the narrative that, oh, it's West Side Story, but with black people. That's, that's what a lot of people have said about it over the years, and there are elements of that. Uh, I hadn't ever seen all of it. I started watching it when I was a teenager, and I went, what do I know about New York? You know, and I just thought it wasn't for me, and I thought it wasn't aimed at me. I thought it was aimed at a black audience when, in fact, it's exactly aimed at a white audience wide audiences needed to see that uh and still do i think that it should be like you should have to watch that movie before you become a cop uh i just it deeply impacted me watching it this past week i i uh in my initial draft of the fab 15 for this episode i had do the right thing at number 14 it is now at number five it made me want to dig deeper into spike lee's career i am I now understand woefully undereducated in his work. Uh, he definitely has more to say than I understood that he did. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's a perfect movie. There are aspects of it that, like, I I feel like it was important for Mookie's character to have a child. I felt like the way that they introduced that aspect of the story was a little bit tacked on. Uh, I felt like Rosie Perez was uh, superfluous in it. Yeah, there are aspects of the movie I can definitely criticize, but as a movie and as a statement on what was happening at that time, uh, I think it was brilliant. And I'll tell you this, 
you substitute the names that they say in the movie with names like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and uh, Mike Brown, and uh, I mean, you substitute those names, it's the same movie. It's the same movie, and that that was deeply moving to me, and uh, I, I don't know, if nothing else, that needs to be said. And uh, like I said, it started out number 14, it's now number 5 on my list, do the right thing. Okay. Everything you said just said, except I've never seen the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought about it last night when uh-huh. I was trying to finalize my list, um, and I was thinking about that movie and how I'd never seen it because, like, kind of like you said, um, I was a white kid from the suburbs. Yeah. What, what do I know? Yeah, I didn't think so it was aimed at me for I didn't, years. Now, I'd seen some of his other movies, um, which... Some I liked, some I didn't. Sure. Um, I mean, everybody's... Yeah, yeah, right. But I just, for whatever reason, I never got around to seeing that. Mm. Um, And I don't know if there was some reason why I didn't see it, if somebody maybe told me something about it years past, Mm. or I believed the wrong person, or if it's just something that I've never gotten around to doing. Sure. Um, I'm sure I haven't seen part of it. Like I said, sometimes you think you've seen things and you haven't. I'm pretty sure I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I would remember it. I remember seeing commercials for it. I remember saying I probably should watch that. And for whatever reason, it's just never sure. um, come up. And We've all got that. With so, yeah. So, yeah. But I was thinking about that last night and I thought, well... You know, I said, I, I just had that thought too, so maybe I should watch it. But I was, it was like 12 o'clock last, at night, and I was like, I gotta go to work. I can't. One of, the, one of the weird things about my experience with that movie is I, before this list even started percolating in my brain, uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a collector of the Criterion collection releases, sure. and that's on Criterion. And I saw it in one of my trips to Barnes & Noble. They have a Criterion collection section. That's fun to say, Criterion Collection section. I like that. Uh, I, I went and I was just kind of poking through that, and I went, oh, do the right thing. You know, I've never seen that, and I feel like I should. I'm going to pick that up. And so it's been sitting in this house for months. Yeah. Just sitting there waiting to be... Well, I've got a bunch of Criterion DVDs waiting to be watched, and that was in that pile, and I kind of had an excuse. I thought, you know, I, for cultural impact, it's going to go on the list. I should probably watch it, though, before I actually do the list. You know? Yeah. And I watched it and went, oh my God, I've never seen this. So, like, it's just sort of a weird confluence of things. Like, my interest in the Criterion collection mixed with, I always should have seen this movie. Yeah. It just, it, I, I don't know, maybe it's one of those movies that had to come to me at the right time, but it certainly did. Yeah. And it, So I need to amend something I said earlier. I said yeah. that I thought Glory was the best movie about race, no. but I wasn't thinking of that movie and I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't say okay. that it's the best. Um, uh, there are some others that were made throughout, you know, um, at there on that time period, and there's one or two that maybe weren't that same year that I was just thinking. I can were. guarantee that whatever other movie you were thinking of is not on my list. Yeah, at <laughs> um, this point. Yes. So what well, was the other movie? Just out of curiosity. Oh, Driving Miss Daisy, easily. Driving Miss Daisy. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's the one, one I was thinking yeah, of. Um, that's a good one. That uh, well, that's the one that I was not. Yeah. I was hoping wasn't on your list because yeah. it's not on mine either. Okay. Um, but there were some other movies. Definitely an honorable mention. That dealt with uh, race. Around the same time period, but I'm thinking maybe now that I'm thinking of some movies, I've got I'm getting my timeline mixed up on a few things. Sure. Um, so I haven't seen Do the Right Thing, so I can't say that Glory was the best one to come out about race because I haven't seen it, so I don't know. So I have to amend that. Fair enough. The best one that I've seen about race. Put Fair it that enough. way. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to uh, two cis white men talking about race. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your number four? <laughs>
<laughs> Moving on, and let's and you, and I don't know how much more white we can get now at this point with this <laughs> with this pick. Um, but a movie that when I first saw it, I didn't like the ending. I thought it was a bad ending, and I didn't understand it because I thought I understood it, but I didn't. Okay. And years later, I came around on it. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Okay, that is on my list. Yeah, good movie. Um, but at the time. I didn't relate to it because I didn't have a lot of those struggles with my own identity and right. and your own parents, my yeah. parents and particularly father, my support system around me at that point was really good. Yeah. I saw it later when um, a lot of the support, I mean, not that my fame, my familial support system is still really strong. Yeah. Um, a lot of other, the rest of it's gone, <laughs> gone sure. away. So I just watched it again later on and went, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, now I see it. Um, so I thought it was good up until the last, you know, act. And then, yeah. uh, but a lot of times you have that, you see something later and you go, oh, you know, that was not as bad as I thought it was. Um, but it's actually a really good movie, very strong performances by pretty much everyone involved. Um, it's a Robin Williams movie, but it's one where, um, but it's not just the crazy madcap Robin Williams that, we all think we love, and not that that's barely madcap at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, I say it's that's not <laughs> really in there. In this one. Yeah, he's not really in there. You kind of keep waiting for it to happen, and it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just really, uh, you know, strong movie all 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 around. So, uh, if you want to talk about the cast, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, uh, Ethan Hawke is in it. Ethan Hawke, I didn't appreciate until way too late in life. Oh sure. Uh, he's uh, I just I I don't know what I thought he was, but he's something else. Uh, I, I mean, just those three guys alone. I mean, the guy that played Red on that '70s show in a, in a role that's completely different uh, <laughs> plays uh, plays the the father of uh, Wilson from House. Uh, it's it's a really good cast. <laughs> it's getting more obscure yeah. and obtuse or whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not helping my own whatever, point. Whatever I'm it, trying to say. It's a good there. cast, is my point. Um, and it a really good ensemble piece. Yes, because you you can kind of gravitate to any one of several different stories, and it works. And sure. you, you've got something to grab onto, whatever you're you're uh, you're watching, uh, or whatever whatever reason you have for watching it. It's it's, and you know, everybody who's been to college at some point, you know, oh captain, my captain, you know, has right. that sort of. Uh, I mean, there's uh, I I went through college as many people did and there's a guy that comes to mind for me with that phrase there's a, there's a professor that is oh captain my captain for me uh and i think to a lot of people it speaks to them on that level that like oh there's this important authority figure who was also encouraging you know th yeah. and that's such a rare find that when you find it you hold on to it and sure. you know i think that speaks to people a lot as well it's a really great movie. I love that movie a lot. It's another one that I saw later in life. I certainly didn't see it in 1989. Sure. Uh, but I saw it later in life, and it, it spoke to me, and it continues to speak to me. I, I I might even watch it yearly. I mean, not at a set time, but I probably watch it about once a year. Yeah, I haven't done that, but I've seen it. I, know, I mean, I, I not even intentionally. Times. It just ends up that way. Yeah. Uh, partially because I'm a big Robin Williams fan, but also just it's just one of those movies that uh, it just keeps speaking to me. Uh, and uh, coincidence, that was at your number four. At my number four, Dead Poet Society. Oh, wow. So we had a dead-on match We have there. a match. Uh, we have an exact match on that one. I feel like there should be like a, like a 
dinging. And, yeah, we should uh, maybe I'll create a sound, a sound we file. We need a sound effect or something. <laughs> we'll do something later in post. And uh, if, if if you all heard that at home, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> if not, then know that my heart was in the right place. It feels like a game show. We've got a match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we matched perfectly on Dead Poet Society. Uh, that's my number four. That's your number four. It's one of those great movies that means one of the great things about it is it means a lot to different people for different reasons. And that's, that's a, a great work of art right there. Uh, so I think with that, I guess we're ready for your number three. Uh, my number three is another one we've already talked about, which is Ghostbusters two. Uh, yeah. So we're good there. Unless Done you have it. anything you want to add. Nah. My number three we've already talked about is Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Okay. So I have nothing else to add to that. I all said right. everything I had to say. We're so, ready for your number two. All right. Number this is getting two quick. <laughs> is one we're gonna we're gonna talk about, <laughs> um, but I'm, it probably is on your list. Uh, my number two is Batman. Uh, that is on my list. Yeah. Talk about it. All right. Um, <laughs> Batman pretty much changed the game for superhero movies mm-hmm. completely. Um, yep. We'd had some Superman movies yep. in the seventies, eighties that did well. Yeah. Um, they were good. There'd been some. There's Batman changed everything. Uh, grittier, bigger, better, louder, more. Basically, um, everything. Uh, I, now I don't follow comics like some people that like you do, for example. Sure. So I'm not sure how much not of that as came much in from comics, but yeah, I'm not sure how much of that came from the comics version versus anything else. But not a lot. Batman. Up until that point, what was still in most people's heads was a 1960s TV yeah, show. Me too. Which yeah. um, I love. Yeah. But, I've got the uh, Blu-ray in the other room. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, the Adam the, Moss Batman. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you've basically got Tim Burton, who, I mean, he'd done movies before, but really established yeah. himself as a major director at that point in yeah. my in my view yeah um, well i mean even scissor hands was after that yeah so, so i mean yeah. i think he i don't remember what he'd done before batman but he'd done something i'm sure yeah um, it'll come to me in a maybe minute. i'm wrong but but either way that put him into the echelon of directors um this is also my second michael keaton movie on my list so yeah. that's fun yeah um <laughs> Keaton, uh, at that point, was you know people forget how big a star he was. He was a big star back yeah, then. Yeah, and well, and be, I think and a little he's bit become be- that I, again. I think a little bit because of Batman, people forget that he was a comedic actor for a yeah. very long time. Uh-huh. He yeah, was a stand-up he was, comic. He was, uh, you know, he was very funny. He's always been one of my favorites, and I'm so glad that he's been back in the spotlight over the last ten years or so. Um, that's made me happy. You know, you got uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah. Uh, which and that movie established the Joker yeah. as in the po- in the popular um, the popular imagination as the definitive Batman jo- uh, villain. There were many before then, but the Joker was of course o- o- among the top. Yeah, but I, you know, I, Joker, I think Riddler, maybe he was still the favorite villain before then. He probably was, but I think more so than it certainly gave him a much darker edge than what I think it kind of maybe audience. maybe the word I'm looking for is it cemented it. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. it did. Jack um, Nicholson just chewing scenery. Yeah. Um, so um, you've I got watched it recently. Yeah. So you've got all that. Um, you've got, you know, the Batmobile was cool. Yeah. And, you know, it was a um, story. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, fine. not great, but <laughs> certainly better than it could have yeah. better than it could have been. Could have gone in a lot of different ways. So it really surprised people and took people yeah. into a direction they didn't think it was going to go. Uh, it was yeah. the movie, as far as I was concerned, of uh, as far as a lot of people were concerned, of the summer. Yeah. I mean, 
Batman ticket sold out weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, Batman's signal was ever the same t-shirt people were wearing in 1989 is still out there today yeah. with the, just the signal on it. Yep. Um, yeah, is Prince... Prince did movie Prince. did did uh, the sound dance and the whole soundtrack an, an official album in Prince's discography whole, is the Batman soundtrack whole whole deal yeah um, so Prince. you kind of can't um, you can't really underestimate it although I will say the thing that um, kept it from being the position higher mm-hmm. on my list uh-huh. is things I've just talked about uh-huh. Nicholson yeah and Keaton oh, really I and Keaton. love Keaton. I love, love, love Michael Keaton in everything he does, except I'm thinking he made a great Batman. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Uh, folks, email db at derekbrink.com. I will forward and, it to Dave. Address it to me. <laughs> um, I think he made a good Bruce Wayne. Okay, that's a fair read. I'm not sure he was a good Batman, but at the that's same time... That's a fair time, read. At the same time, like, uh, kind of like I have that feeling about uh, Pattinson, too. Yeah, Robert um, Pattinson, yeah. So, uh... I actually haven't seen that movie yet. I'm embarrassed to say that, but I actually, seen I'm, I, but with him as backwards, I like his Batman, but I don't like his way. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it's interesting, but mm. maybe that's just me. Like I see the even though they're two parts of the same character, yeah. I see them as they should be different, and so okay. I don't know. But um, so that's the thing, and like I say, I love my kid. I love his dramatic stuff. I love his comedy stuff. Yeah, um, I will die on the night shift hill if I have to. Wow, um, but. <laughs> Interesting yeah. pull. So, um, the uh, another but, one that but you... I love, but uh, I like Batman, and maybe it yeah. was just because it was so different from what everybody expected. Maybe it just always sat weird to me, mm. um, you know. And everybody likes Jack Nicholson too, but I think he was a little much. I do, I actually agree with you there. Uh, <laughs> another uh, Michael Keaton pull that you could have made was another Tim Burton movie, the one that came out the year before, Beetlejuice. He had done Beetlejuice yeah, in 88. Was, that was the other... Uh, I knew he'd done something, something in, else big. And in 85, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I forgot about. I forgot he was involved in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pr- prior to that, Frank and Weenie, but I've never really been exposed um, to that. That was actually kind of funny. But, um, yeah, in, but in, yeah. The, in the middle of that, I, Mars Attacks, too. Um, Mars Attacks was, I think, right after Pee-wee's... Or, or was, maybe it was a little later. It was but. later than that. It was uh, really? Mars Attacks was 96. Was it really? Yeah. I thought it was earlier than that. Quite a bit. It was 96. Oh, well, yeah. uh, what, what the hell do I know? He had done um, Scissor Hands, Returns, and Ed Wood <laughs> before Mars Attacks. Yeah. Okay. I've got, I, I, I don't just I know my, that. The Wikipedia. Yeah. I had my <laughs> time. Well, yeah, I'm not looking at my phone. So yeah. I have my, my timeline is off. I thought, That's fair. It's I been a minute. It earlier. Okay. It's been a minute. Um, anyway. Uh, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you about Jack Nicholson being a little bit much in that. Uh, I, I remember at the time, and Jack he's, Nicholson. He's hard to look at in the makeup yeah, too. Yeah. It's just, which maybe is part of, is maybe is part of why it worked. Yeah. But I remember at the time Nicholson was even getting top belling. Yeah. Over Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, but I, look, I, I, I love Batman. I, I really, really do. I, I love it. I, I'm not saying it's without problems, but like... Uh, and you're right. It did change the game for comic book movies. It was... It, absolutely. I remember being nine years old, and this is one I saw in theaters. Right. I remember being nine years old and, you know, collecting all the toys and, you know, being all about Batman for a while. But... I also remember before the movie, like before going to see the movie, being like worried because like, oh, the Joker's scary in this one, Mm. you know, like he's not Cesar Romero because I was familiar with the 66 series as well as was everybody at the time. 
and I was familiar with the comics a little bit. You know, again, I was nine, so my reading yeah, was yeah, yeah. whatever it was. But I was familiar with the comics a little bit, and I was familiar with the TV show, and I was familiar with some of the old cartoons and stuff, uh, the old JLA type cartoons. Uh, but I remember, I I remember very specifically. In fact, I remember where I was and who I was talking to, and I was like, I don't know. The Joker seems scary in this one. I don't know if I want to see it. You know, like I remember feeling that as a nine-year-old, and then going to see it and going, oh, "It's not that scary. He's kind of hammy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, he's he's just chewing the scenery." You know, and look, folks at home, I have nothing against Jack Nicholson. He's a great actor, but every now and again, when he plays a big role, he plays a big role. And uh, well, that's the thing about Nicholson, in my view, is that he's always Nicholson. Some yeah. actors, and I don't necessarily, I don't fault him for that, but some, no, some sure. actors you hire because you want that actor. Yeah. Some actors you hire because you want someone to fill the role and they're the best actor for the role. Yeah. And, you know, so that, and Nicholson's just one of those guys, you'll hire Jack Nicholson because you want Jack Nicholson. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I, I think at the time they even maybe thought they were showing a different side of Jack Nicholson. But they did they not. Did not. Yeah. No, they failed <laughs> if that was their mission. Uh, we also need to mention Kim Basinger. Uh, who was in the... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, was the, I was trying to remember. Uh, fun fact, the Vicky Vale character did not exist in comics before that movie, but was written in afterward. Oh, I did not uh, know that. In the same way that in the cartoon show, Harley Quinn didn't exist in the in the comics, but did in the cartoon show. Hmm. Every now and again, the, multi, the you know, other media yeah. informs the comics, and this was one of those examples. Vicky Vale ended up in the comic because of the movie. Cool. That's the impact that the movie had. Uh, even on the comic world, which is very often completely separate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a, a, a great movie, one of my favorite Batman movies. Sure. Um, but yeah, Batman, phenomenal movie. It's not my number two. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not my number two. Yep. Uh, my number Gavin. two... Are we on my number two or am I yeah. number two? Yeah, mm-hmm. my number two. My number two is uh, Back to the Future 2. Told you I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love it uh, slightly less than Batman, which... <laughs> right. Uh, spoiler again, any, alert. Anybody on... who's been writing this down, yeah. Spo- as we've been doing it, and I know you do, <laughs> at least one person is, they yeah. know what our number yeah. ones yeah. are. Spo- I, I actually, I'm, I'm unclear on yours, but spoiler alert on my number one. Uh, uh, but my number two is, is Back to the Future 2. We've already talked about it. Love that movie a lot, regardless of whatever else I said. Uh, but we don't need to say more. What is your number one? I'm actually kind of curious. Glory. Glory. Okay. That's my number one. I mm-hmm. don't know how I didn't clock that. <laughs> that's, uh, well, that's what the face was about. When that's, I was the main face, I called, man, it's my number one. That's, um, uh, that's so clear in hindsight. I don't know how I didn't figure that out just yeah, now. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite movies. So. Number one's yeah. Batman. Uh, <laughs> My number one's Batman. Yours is Glory. <laughs> Which, I, uh, you know what? I've got to say yours is maybe the more legitimate choice, <laughs> given yeah, but, the well, temperature of the movies. Yeah, but Batman's number two, because that was... that that. And if we're talking about the movies of the year, that probably takes the cake over yeah, everything. Yeah, it's undeniable. Just Glory is but such yeah. a... Uh, I mean, to me, it's such a good movie and criminally underrated at this point. So yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so... Yeah, Glory's that's a great movie. That's I don't. I, that shouldn't surprise me. That's your number one, especially given what you said about it. But mm-hmm. I just I, like, if you'd have asked me to like sit down and write what I thought your list was going to be, Glory wouldn't have been number one. So that's that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it yeah. probably would have made the list. I know you've, I've heard you mention Glory, sure, you know, significantly before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that. That's your number one. That's a that's a really cool number one. 
Uh, we've actually got a lot of agreement on this we list. We really do. There's not much of a... Um, not a big, huge difference. Yeah, I've only got a few <laughs> slots to argue. Okay. I mean, if we're just going to talk about number one, even, like, in some ways, the uh, the liberal social justice guy in me wants to say you've got the much better pick. The uh, the rest of me that's like, the, the rest of the Derek is like, uh, it's Batman. It's Batman, you know? So, like, I almost want to do, like, a co-number one, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you're... If you're talking about the movies that dominated 1989 as Batman, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I just Glory was more of a personal pick. Yeah, well, and, uh, is Glory the better movie? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, was it the one that if you say 1989 in movies to somebody, they're going to pick? Probably not. No. All right, well, so in common, we actually have 10 movies. Okay. So we've got five spaces to fill. I already said Big Man on Campus is going on the okay, list. Okay, put that on there. <laughs> Uh, are there any... Okay, well, what we have in agreement, I guess I should say. I don't know if you've been marking it, but I have. What we have in agreement is Say Anything, mm -hmm. UHF, Back to the Future 2, Christmas Vacation, Indiana Jones, The Burbs, Dead Poet Society, Ghostbusters 2, Batman, and Glory. Okay. So remaining from your list is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Kids, pardon me. Just Big, one of them. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk one of the kids. I'm not sure which one. Uh, I Shrunk the Kids, Big Men on Campus, Dream Team, Major League, and War of the Roses. What's remaining from mine, Steel Magnolias, Field of Dreams, Bill and Ted, uh, Little Mermaid, and Do the Right Thing. I'm going to make a case for Do the Right Thing, certainly. Okay. Um, you know, I can't argue it or confirm it. Uh -huh. Is the only issue here because sure. I haven't seen it. Sure. So if you want that to be on there, I mean, I know that it's an important movie um, for a lot of people. But the fact that I've never seen it, uh, you know, just disqualifies my disqualifies me from the conversation of that case. So, uh, uh, but I'm, you can put it on. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rule it as a yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. And I like I say I can't say you know anything about it one way or another. Okay, so with polar opposite movies, Big Man on Campus and Do the Right Thing, we now have three <laughs> spaces to fill <laughs> with Roar of the Roses. Uh, Major League, Dream Team, Honey, I Shrunk, uh, something, Steel Magnolias, Field of Dreams, uh, uh, Bill and Ted, Little Mermaid, and that's it, because I just said to do the right thing. It's such a weird pull, but I really want to throw my weight behind Dream Team. Yeah. Because, like, I, I was disappointed to leave that off my list. Uh, and it's on yours, and, I mean, it's in the bottom third of yours, but uh, I... Well, it's because I tried to put all the oddball ones down there. Yeah, I else. do really like that movie. Well, I mean, Honey, Dream I Shrunk Team the Kids is a good choice, Honey, I Shrunk too. the Kids are the two that I would argue for the most. Yeah, let's see, what would I argue for off of mine? Um, I mean, Bill and Ted, I kind of have to argue for, just because of cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, honestly, I don't feel that strongly about either Steel Magnolias or Field of Dreams. Those were kind of... Like the way you just, just said that. You said Magnolias. Like what, it's like it's someone's name. Steel Magnolias. It's like a, oh. like a, like a wrestler. I <laughs> didn't hear it. No, I know. Um, <laughs> you didn't do it on purpose. It was just I like the way it came out. I think that's just how my mouth works. Um, I, I don't feel that strongly about that one or Field of Dreams. Uh, I mean, I think there's a case to be made for Little Mermaid. Uh, but, I mean, I think there's a very good case to be made for Bill and Ted. Uh, so, I mean... Well, I would go Little Mermaid over Bill and Ted. 
Really? That's interesting. I think so. I think even though cult- you seem to like it less, I do like it less. But I think culturally, mm. you're probably correct because I mean, other if the Disney princess movie and if the yeah. and little girls still dress up like Ariel. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, and I think that had they not made the Bill and Ted threequel, yeah, it wouldn't be in anybody's mind. Whereas, really, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. Huh? Um, People whereas, love Keanu, man. Sure. But they don't necessarily just love Bill and Ted. They love the no, Matrix. No, but I mean, that's going to be know, in the conversation. Yeah, but I just don't think that... You just don't hear a lot. You never hear... Or I don't hear a lot about Bill and Ted. I think people like Bill and Ted more the, than the Matrix. I would disagree with that, too, but... Especially the last Matrix. Well, yeah, but I mean, does that... The crappy sequels don't affect their love for the original in movie. In fairness, the, I did not like the first Matrix. Or the, or but... the concepts. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't, but a lot yeah. of people loved yeah. it. So, um... Yeah, so I'm saying my view is probably skewed, but yeah. So um, I would argue for the Little Mermaid over Bill and Ted, definitely. Okay, um, I'll write down it, Little Mermaid. I think it makes a more, um, yeah. I just think, that, and you know, people still sing those songs, and you know, yeah, little girls are still being the mermaid. Fair enough. I wrote down list. Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, yours, we were talking about Dream Team or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Uh, boy, a lot of my heart says Dream Team, but I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a little bit more, you know, if someone else it's were to look in on this more, list. It's a little <laughs> bit more um, tied to the time mm. and a little and a much better known movie. So if we're using that as a criteria, then you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to put it. Yeah, I think we got to go Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Kids. So we uh, have one left, two left? We have one left. One left. So from your list remaining is War of the Roses, Major League, Dream Team. Uh, Big Man on Campus made it from my list. <laughs> what is remaining is Steel Magnolias, uh, which apparently I say funny. Uh, Feel the you dreams. You earlier. You just do now. <laughs> uh, Steel, uh, popular flower. Uh, Feel the dreams. Bill and Ted uh, is remaining from mine. Uh, again, don't feel that strongly about my bottom two. Feel a little bit stronger about Bill and Ted. Uh, from your list, War of the Roses and Major League and Dream Team is what's remaining on yours. The one on my list that I would go for, I mean, I like all of them, but I think I would put Dream Team over the other two. Okay. Um, and I think on your list, uh-huh. I almost think it's Steel Magnolia should be it. Really? I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, not that there's anything wrong with any of those movies, but... Um, and it's possibly just because I dislike Field of Dreams so much. Sure. Um, that possibly is it. And I know it's a good movie and I know, and I'm sorry, everybody, but I just, I just never got that movie. I know. It's the I other movie that Ray Liotta it. is in. Okay, <laughs> fine. Good for him. It's that and Goodfellas. <laughs> it, it just, I, I don't, I mean, if you build it, who cares? I don't care. Um, about any of it. I just... If you build it, Dave won't care. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know... It's I, fine if you build it. Father, no one son, will notice. A father-son baseball movie would be fine without all the crap with the goat. I don't care. It's just stupid. I'm sorry. It's just a stupid, stupid movie. I'm so glad that we got here. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, and it's done well. The acting is good. It's yeah, fine. It's well There's nothing it. wrong with it. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> but Big Man on Campus is stupid, too. But it's supposed to be stupid. It's stupid on purpose. Field of Dreams thought it was doing something. 
the your audio capture right now is crazy. Oh, it's, I mean, oh, it's, it's oh, God, I don't know. It's, it's too many, too many. Never mind. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not gonna say that because a lot of people would be mad at me. But a lot of people are already mad at you. Same people that peaked in high school. So <laughs> that's it. You are not wrong. I'm sorry. It's just I apologize to everybody. You can. <laughs> but also my email's not attached to this show so what the hell do I care no but um, I might get a text tomorrow hey could you cut off the field of dreams <laughs> um, yeah just so my view yeah. would be uh, steel mags steel mags or over Bill and Ted's over Bill and Ted just because it's a, it's a more serious movie I don't know I could go either way Bill and Ted I think culturally at the time was good I don't know if it's culturally as relevant on the long run, as Steel Magnolias is, but maybe I just know too many old Southern ladies, so I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's a strong argument for either. Uh, the thing that makes this is not fair, but the thing that makes me want to lean toward Bill and Ted is it'd be nice to have a Carlin movie on there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I just I love George Carlin as do you, um, as does anybody with a heart. Sure, uh, but and yeah. some people without him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people misinterpreting his work right now. That's well, yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. You're very right. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right, leaning towards steel mags. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to say this... steel mags from now on because apparently I can't pronounce it anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Steel mags um, is so much worse than just mispronouncing it. <laughs> you should probably go back to the other thing. Although nope. steel mags also sounds like a wrestler when you yeah, think it about does. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, or a... <laughs> some kind of gun product. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a like a, a early '80s heavy metal cover band. <laughs> Because you got yeah, mag, you have mag tires and steel with metal, so it sounds like you know. You know, you know who fronts that band? Who, who's that? Maggie Steel. Nice. <laughs> That's who fronts Steel Mags. That's pretty good. Uh, no, but I think I think you're right. I think that goes on the list over Bill and Ted. Um, see, I was just about to give you Bill and Ted. <laughs> really? Uh, see, well, because it was. I mean, it, cult, I mean, you're right culturally at the time, and if we're going to talk about '80s movie or '89 movies, Steel Magnolias being. Uh, it was set, it was contemporarily set, but that really could have been made four or five years later or four or five years yeah. earlier, whereas Bill and Ted is very much a product of its time. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. So, I mean, I can go either way on that, um, and it's your list, so you make the call at this point, but um, I can go either way. I think Steel Magnolia is a better movie. But you're right; it's not as good as the play. Play is awesome. The yeah, well, that's okay. that's part of what's informing me wanting to put that on the list instead of Bill and Ted. Is uh, yeah, but now you got to fight, uh, you know, having a George Carlin movie versus having a Dolly Parton movie. So now you got wow, that. that's hard. Yeah, now uh, you got that going. Oh God, that hurts <laughs> so bad. Uh, no, I, I again guess, two couldn't be different. No, more different but, diametrically and opposed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I mean part of what's Echoing in my head is my love for the play of Steel Magnolias, Magnolias, Magnolia. <laughs> I'm Ma so sorry. Steel, I... uh, Steel Mags. Uh, <laughs> I'm a jerk tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's okay. I need, I need more sleep. Somebody has to be. 
uh, uh, no, part, uh, like I'm thinking about my experience with Bill and Ted, and then I'm also thinking about sitting in my high school auditorium next to a girl I knew named Kim watching uh, Steel Magnolias, and uh, it getting to toward the end of the movie, no spoilers, with the big emotional reveal of it, uh, or toward the end of the play, I guess I should say, since we were in a theater. Uh, getting toward the end of that, and the girl next to me starts crying, and she wouldn't have cried at Bill and Ted. Uh, you know, like she's not gonna uh, cry when uh, uh, Socrates shows up. You know, <laughs> like that's uh, th- those are a different series of emotions. Yeah, I mean, it's and just I think completely... you have to go with the more serious set of emotions. Yeah, just two completely different movies. Yeah, um, you know, well, like... actually, you're, you're kidding. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that when you're trying I think to make there's a lot of crossover between the two <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> well, aliens. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> when... All I'm saying is when you're trying to pick one of two things that are so far apart. Yeah. That's right. You also have to look at the rest of the list and see how many, um, like, how many goofy, weird comedies do you have. I mean, the Big Man on Campus throws a lot of things off with that list. Yeah, but even and without I'm that. I'm fine with it being on there. Even without that, we've got, I mean, comedies, UHF, a little bit of Back to the Future 2, Christmas Vacation, uh, Burbs is a comedy, Ghostbusters 2. I mean, there's it's very comedy heavy. Well, then maybe we should put um, Steel Magnolias on because just to balance the list out a little bit. Better. Yeah, that's that's okay. pr- sort of what I was saying there. I'm for yeah. there. Okay, yeah, I'm for that. Yeah, so okay. So our, our final list, we're not necessarily zeroing in on a number one. Uh, I mean, if it was between us, number one is either Batman or Glory. <laughs> well, put Batman at number one and just everything else is whatever it is. Yeah, okay, fair. Because, fair I mean, we're really nitpicking on a lot of these. Like, I, my whole list... Everything could have been higher, so yeah, whatever. Well, and I struggled a lot with my top five, but yeah, uh, yeah. So our our list, you know, for take it or leave it, <laughs> in basically in order of appearance, kind of based on Dave's list because that's how I, j- I jotted this down. Uh, our list in no particular order: say anything, UHF, Back to the Future Two, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Whatever you wrote down there. It looked like bourbon. <laughs> the Burbs. Dead Poets Society. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I gotta edit this again. It looked like bourbon. It's so close. It's B-U-R-B. It looks like bourbon. I can't help that. That's not a, that's not a result of my alcoholism. You made, that's me, just... <laughs> you made me laugh till I coughed, I know. It just looks like bourbon. We that's not start, my fault. We gotta start over. Just do the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this stays in. <laughs> this is the funniest part of the show so far. Oh, I made God. you choke. You did. Because <laughs> I can't read my own writing. <laughs> I do maintain B-U-R-B. That's a half a bourbon. It's more than half you're, a bourbon. You're missing the O, but other than that. B-U-R-B-O-U. Yeah, but it comes after the B. I thought it was O-U. B-O-U-R-B-O-N. B-U-R-B-O-N. B U R B O N. I thought there was uh, okay. You might I mean, right. I, there, maybe there's a, a geographical. I'm recording all of this. <laughs> maybe there's a geographical difference. I'm looking up now. I'm, now, now I'm googling. Yeah, no, I'm gonna sit here until you do. B O U R B O N. Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Well, all right. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start all of this list over. <laughs> Let's just start the show again. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Let's do the whole thing. You know, we'll meet back here tomorrow. We'll Probably do it a lot faster. We'll redo it. Uh, we've only been recording for about two hours. That's not too bad. We usually go closer to three. Yeah, but I'm tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, all right. Which explains the lack of filter. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So, future Derek, wherever the fuck you have to edit this, good luck. Uh, so, our final list... Take it or leave it, in no particular order, is we had in common and then agreed upon Say Anything, UHF, Back to the Future 2, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Burbs, Dead Poets Society, Ghostbusters 2, Batman, Glory, Big Man on Campus, this is now the stuff that we kind of agreed on, Big Man on Campus, Do the Right Thing, Little Mermaid, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Steel Magnolias. There you go. If anybody has a movie from 1989 that we missed, I would be glad to hear it. I now want to read to you something that I promised at the start of the show I would do. Uh, I want to read to you just the list of movies that I saw from 1989. Not in 1989, but just the movies that I have since 1989 scene that came out in 1989. This is a huge list. Maybe we'll get a couple of honorable mentions out of it. I feel like there are some honorable mentions worth talking about regardless, but mm-hmm. this is the I full list. Yeah, I do too. This is the full list that I consider just based on what I saw. Get ready. It's a long one. Movies that came out in the year 1989. Who's Harry Crumb? Lonesome Dove? The Fly 2? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Burbs, Lean on Me, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Police Academy 6, Fletch Lives, Heathers, Major League, Say Anything, Field of Dreams, Pet Cemetery, Earth Girls Are Easy, which I was hoping would be on Dave's list but was not, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Roadhouse, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Pink Cadillac, Dead Poet Society, No Holds Barred, The Hulk Hogan Movie, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Ghostbusters 2, Batman, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Do the Right Thing, Great Balls of Fire, Karate Kid 3, Weekend at Bernie's 1, Lethal Weapon 2, License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, UHF, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, Turner and Hooch, Parenthood, The Abyss, Uncle Buck, Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, The the Adventures of Milo and Otis, Little Monsters, Eric the Viking, Halloween 5, Look Who's Talking, the relaunch of John Travolta's career, Look Who's Talking, Shocker, My Left Foot, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Little Mermaid, Steel Magnolias, Back to the Future 2, which I may have said already, sorry if that's a repeat, Christmas Vacation, She-Devil, War of the Roses, Driving Miss Daisy, Glory, The Wizard, Born on the Fourth of July, Roger and Me, Dream Team, and Big Man on Campus. That is the list of just the movies I saw from 1989. That's massive. It was incredibly hard to narrow that down to 15. Dave, yes. are there any honorable mentions you want to bring up? Well, there are a few. Um, and I need to catch my breath. Yes, okay. Um, th- I mean, there are some on that list that are movies that I, just not for me, that are big, important movies. Yeah. I mean, I remember... Me too. You know, um, I remember when Born on the Fourth of July came out. That yeah. was a big, huge thing. Yeah. I 
don't dislike that movie, but it's right. just not in my list. Same. Um, that's a, that one's good. There's a few of them in there that I forgot about, like Who's Harry Crumb? I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Problematic because of one of the actors in it now. Yes. But... Uh-huh. Um, Uncle Buck, another good John Candy movie. Yeah. Good John Candy performance, in a way. A lot, I... a lot of good John Candy movies in 89. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, he, was, he was all over the place. Um, so let's talk about a few that uh, I think are worth talking about. And one I think you mentioned on your list, and I'm pretty sure it's from 1989, uh, Parenthood. Yeah, Parenthood was, was on there. Was it on there? Okay. Yeah. So that was a Steve Martin vehicle uh, when Steve Martin started. I guess he didn't start, but he had begun to grow out of his wild and crazy guy yeah. persona and into more of a well-rounded actor yep. and other and everything. Um, and it was one of those movies that, you know, there's a few... There's a risque joke or two in it. Yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, there are... Uh, but, you know, that's one that a lot of people liked. It was a cute movie, but it was did, it did real well with, like I said, with helping move Steve Martin along. So I really liked that one a lot. Um, and, uh, Rick Moranis also in that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he is another Rick See, Moranis I haven't seen movie. it for a long time. That's uh, a problem. Uh, just... You know who else is in that? Keanu Reeves. You know who else is in that? Julia Roberts. A lot of 89 movies is wow. kind of converging in Parenthood. Wow. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's more important than we thought. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I haven't seen it for a long time. That's a problem with a lot of these movies. I know them, but I haven't seen them for a while. I think so, I maybe saw Parenthood when I was a teenager last. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's been so, a minute for but, me. um, so I don't remember enough of it, but I remember um, liking it and having um, a, a fond feeling for it. Um, some other ones that I wrote down that are just personal preferences, not necessarily... Um, huge or anything, yeah. but stuff that I liked. Um, it's interesting to me how nobody ever really talked about Turner and Hooch anymore because it was yeah. a really um, very popular movie because yeah. it had dog in it. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the start of the man with dog genre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, comedy genre. Yeah, comedy you genre. Had, yeah. Then you had Beethoven followed that, yeah, yeah. I think. And. Mm -hmm. uh, Something else. Uh, a couple others. Yeah. Um, I was going to say problem trial, but that's wrong. No, um, no dog in that. No, well, there might, I mean, be, there might be a dog. Right. That's not the um, crux of it. So, uh, Cujo, um, but, I think, came after that. <laughs> I think it was before, actually. <laughs> no, I know. I, just... but, uh, <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, no, but Turner and Hooch also, uh, you know, um, what's it? Henry Winkler and uh, Tom Hanks feuded on that movie, and they fired Winkler. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Winkler, gone. That's a good story. So, um, Someone Google that later. We're so, not going to get into it. No, but so that's a, um, but yeah, people, you know, Turner, Turner and Hooch is a punchline kind of now, but yeah. at the time, everybody really loved that movie. So that's, yeah, I love that, that was movie. Just, a, just an interesting aside. I was um, nine years old. Man with Dog, that played to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, kind of a, what I call a noble failure, but I still really like the movie. Now I don't have to put it on my... 15 uh -huh. is eric the viking yeah i love eric the viking that's absolutely my honorable mention i think it's a it's a really i think it's a better idea yeah and it's a better um and the thought process behind everything i don't think it was executed as well as it could have been yeah. but i love a lot of people in it i like tim robbins some people do some people don't yeah he's, i like him he's one that's kind of yeah. maybe more so at the time was a little more I, on the fence but even even like given him. my political views i don't want to listen to him in interviews but i like him in movies right exactly you know i know <laughs> i i try not to pay attention unless it's somebody i really like i try not to pay attention to their anything yeah say. same but yeah. um so i mean i like him as uh, as an actor anyway uh but you know it's made by terry jones from monty python yeah, who love terry, um, jones. love terry jones john cleese is god in bless it you and, tj where yeah right um two sheds yeah, and, yeah uh, two sheds and 
John Cleese is in it, yeah. you know, doing uh, wonderful as half Dan the Black. It's yeah. very good. Um, somebody else is in it. That I I'm love that when you now. can just remember the character, even though you didn't yeah. see the movie recently. He's still oh, Afghan. The last Black. time I saw that, I yeah. was probably uh, probably a year or two ago. Uh, yeah, I, stumbled, I watched it when Terry Jones died. I stumbled in. I didn't watch that. I watched some other things, but um, mm. I stumbled into that on streaming. Yeah. Um, and the same time I stumbled into Big Man on campus, so it was like a yeah, big day nice. for me. That's um, a good day. <laughs> it was a big day for me. Um, so yeah, That's so really, movie. so interesting story. I saw I saw Eric the Viking in theaters. Yeah, I did too. The, yeah, um, we were probably at the same viewing. And then. it uh, it plays, you know, it plays okay. I mean, you know, effect wise, you can tell now looking at it that oh, it sure. was really low budget, but um, sure. You know, yeah, but fun movie. It's one of those movies also I've had uh, a lot of fun later in life going through and watching it and realizing, oh, I know that person from something else. Yeah, a lot you know? of uh, British actors that you know, like maybe... Like McTavish is in it, and it, you know, I, uh, he's a, a personal favorite of mine. It's just fun to see him and go, oh, Graham McTavish with hair. That's kind of nice to see. You know, and uh, just a bunch of those, that type of actor shows up and is kind of, it's it's. It warms my heart a little to go. Oh, I I didn't realize how long I had loved that actor. You know. Yeah. So you know, um, adventure movie. You know, yeah. kind of a mostly in all ages. I think family movie for the most part. Yeah. Front, so if, the the front of it's a little bit rough, but yeah. Yeah, it gets there, but it's yeah. well, it's British and it's yeah. British humor from what the Monty Python guys would expect. Yeah. You know. Um, um, so, uh, you know, that's good. In so many ways, such a beautiful movie. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, definitely worth uh, watching if you've never seen it. Um, yeah. You know, don't expect Lord of the Rings, but, you no, know. But if you're a Terry J fan, particularly, yeah, mm-hmm. he's just one of his great movies. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to mention a movie that I had no idea was made in 1989. Uh-huh. That um, Total Underground movie, I didn't discover it till the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And knowing it was made in 1989, now I am shocked that it mm-hmm. ever got made, even as an independent. Mm-hmm. Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles was 89. Yes. The... Okay, I need to revise my list. The Wikipedia article is not complete, um, and the reason I say that is um, Meet the Feebles is. Um, the best way I've heard it described is the Muppet Show on acid. Yeah, but that's being kind to it. Yeah, uh, because it is um, ob- it's obscene. Yeah, it's it's filthy. Yeah, um, you actually kind of feel dirty watching it. Oh yeah, it feels awful. Um, but the f- but and it's clearly done by guys with cameras they borrowed. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's oh a, yeah. But it's basically it's a parody of the Muppet Show. It's yeah. the, the Feebles are a Muppet type crew who um have their theater and they have problems um Mm -hmm. there's gangsters in it and there's death and there's uh drug addiction Mm -hmm. there's there's flash there's a lot of sex there's um which at one point i don't even know how that's physically possible right um (laughs) there are there's uh vietnam flashbacks from the yeah uh it's really a movie that it's rough it's very disturbing and yeah. very rough. But if you have an, if you're a person that has an open mind, yeah, and you like to watch things that are a little bit out there, and you're a person that can decide for yourself what you think of things, mm-hmm. it's worth a shot. Yeah. But be forewarned, yeah, that for as much of it that is genuinely funny, yeah, it is. Now the fact that they pulled it off on what's clearly a four dollar budget. Yeah. 
I mean, is that's impressive. Yeah. Directed by Peter Jackson. Yeah, our who beloved would, Peter. Who would go Sir on, Pete. of course, to do, you know, Lord of the Rings and... Hobbit District and, 9. District 9, right. Um, <laughs> and King Kong, but the bad one. But he started his... <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, but... Well... He, he started... <laughs> His career, yeah, doing splatter films, doing um, yeah, yeah horror movies. There's he's made uh, some horror movies that are absolutely disgusting. Yeah, yeah. and this thing is just Brain out dead, of Dead, for example. Brain Dead. That was yeah. the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, and I like horror movies. I'm a horror yeah. movie guy. Or I used to be. I'm not as much as I used to be. No, but um, I like horror movies. But man, his stuff is his stuff is just gross. Yeah, but yeah. just disgusting. Just into um, and uh, Fe- Meet the Feebles yeah. is. Um, it's upsetting. Like, it's yeah, it's a disturbing movie, but you know, if you're not bothered by that kind of thing, yeah, and you kind of like ideas that are a little bit out there, might be worth a watch. Um, yeah. you know, being every uh, Henrietta Hippo, you kind of you sympathize with her yeah. when she goes nuts. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a really, it's a funny moment, but it's a horrible song. <laughs> Uh, that's in there. Um, I don't yeah. even, even talk about it. On uh, yeah, what no, is, I don't either. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I, but I'm it's not sure we can. Kind of, but it's, but it's, Spotify. but it, unfortunately, it actually runs in my mind from now and again. Sure. Um, so it's the a worst movie things that, always do. <laughs> the mo- it's a movie I haven't been able to shake. Yeah. People told me about it, and the person told me about it, or the people that told me about it. Was, I can't just blame one person. Said, "Oh, it's like the Muppets on acid. It's hysterical." Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe you were doing acid at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know if I define it as hysterical. No, <laughs> I. Uh, um, so I've happened to run into it. DVD copies. Oh, that's that movie. I'll buy it. You know, I've yeah. seen. I'd seen a few people with Feebles T-shirts. Yeah. And the rock clubs and whatever. Yeah. All right, fine. So I bought it, and I was like, "That's." I mean, I kind of get the humor here, but it's just really weird. Um, so it's not. A pleasant watch necessarily, right? But it's a very interesting experiment, and it's an interesting to watch and to see what you think about it yeah. and to go through. I mean, there are scenes that I think are really good; they're really yeah. well done. Yeah, and there are some things I think about it that are really interesting and um, you know great ideas. But there's a whole lot of it too. It's that's just like, well, this is just trash. So yeah. Um, well, and it's especially interesting to watch with the hindsight of who Peter Jackson became. Yes. Uh, because I like I uh, for those who don't know I watch the Lord of the Rings every year and by every year I mean I watch all of the movies and the ex- expanded ed- edition with all of the commentaries with all of the behind the scenes discs I dive deep yeah it takes a minute the, yeah it's uh, I think I think the math on that is it's something like six days if you just spend it watching you know straight through and that includes The Hobbit. And it wasn't until kind of late into the series Lord of the Rings movies. I think, in fact, I don't even think it's mentioned in the Lord of the Rings stuff. I think it's mentioned in the Hobbit stuff, where Pete Jackson starts talking about, well, back on Meet the Feebles, we had, yeah, and like, it just, it seems like for a while he was trying to say, uh, uh, maybe look at Heavenly Creatures. That's a little bit nicer. Yeah, right. You know, but uh, uh, yeah, Meet the Feebles, like, considering what Peter Jackson can become, or had become, People look at the Lord of the Rings films and look at, uh, well, there's a moment where, you know, somebody's head gets chopped off, and that's a little bit dark for the series. And Peter Jackson's like, you have no idea. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're if you're into horror movies and you're a gore hound, yeah. check out some of his horror movies. Yeah. Um, and I think, and his, they were actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. There was another one, he I can't remember the name of the other one that he did. 
uh, or if I'm getting silver is another one. Uh, I'm trying to think. What did you? What did? What one did you mention? I mentioned Heavenly Creatures. Uh, no, the other one. Uh, Forgotten Silver or Brain Dead? Brain Dead. Yeah. That was the zombie one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. Uh, well done movie, but very gross, especially for the time. Pushed it at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, it, maybe not as much, but at the time, it very much pushed it. I mean, that's definitely well. fair to say of Brain Dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe, I, th- I think that's what, that's what uh, I was thinking of. Or maybe of. Uh, Bad Taste. Bad taste. Bad taste. Bad taste. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely, um, well, you know, that's that's named, you can't, couldn't have named it anything better. <laughs> um, You're correct. But, um, so yeah, so anyway, I just thought it was interesting that Meet the Feebles was made in 1989. And yeah, I feels, didn't know that. It feels like it should have been made uh, in the late 90s early 2000s yeah um, I, I think i assumed it and was it's just because i discovered it in like 2004 or whatever yeah yeah but uh i mean whatever it was yeah i don't even remember but it feels like it's got that dark uh narcissistic viewpoint yeah that really didn't come to view until the 90s but it was stuff like feebles yeah and like the underground stuff was happening that mm-hmm. pushed it forward yeah, yeah. um so anyway, it's just kind of more of an interesting side note than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there, I mean, there's just such an interesting conversation to be had about just Peter Jackson's. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Frighteners. Yeah. With John Aston. That's a good one. Uh, you know, uh, he's just got such an interesting career. But Feebles, I had no idea that was '89. I just I assumed, was shocked. I assumed that was early 2000s. Yeah. I should, I figured it was you know late '90s at the latest. I figured it'd been around longer than I knew about it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I mean, I I said when you started, I need to revise my list. Yeah. Because that that's that's. Really because, interesting. Yeah, because I was at the, uh, the first time we had a conversation about it. Not you and I, but I heard someone was you know late night at the old High Point. Sure. We were yeah, doing, we were having some uh, some uh, beers after the bands were all done and just sitting around talking, shooting it. And yeah, somebody mentioned Feebles. I'm like, what are you talking about? So yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't know if that's a pick. Uh, that's well, just it's, a, it's uh, a good honorable mention. <laughs> it's just. Um, you know, but you know, you mentioned a lot of other movies that were more mainstream that I did like too, and yeah. think we could talk about. Again, I was really hoping that Earth, Earth Girls Are Easy would be on your list, but yeah, I like it. It's just not. Oh no, it's, it's not. not fa- it's not good enough. No, it shouldn't be on anybody's list. But no. I mean, you know, I do. I have that record too. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> but I, I inherited it from someone who did um, a lot of parties. Yeah, and apparently played the blonde song a lot. And oh, that makes that's sense. The best part. Best part yeah, of the movie. That makes sense. It's got a good two or three jokes in it, yeah. and that is not quite enough to carry it yeah but you know it's one of those things where you know if it's it's late at night you're watching watching tv you'll watch that yeah, yeah. you know yeah, yeah so and you can either blame it or credit it for jim carrey uh <laughs> it's in one of those movies you know what he didn't do enough in that to blame it yeah you'd have to blame other things yeah i guess i probably became aware of him before i saw that you know, and like I, he was just yeah. He's got a then, he's yeah. he's an alien role, but he's yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he really does much. Not that I remember anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, that I mean, you know, we've got some really fascinating honorable mentions here. Uh, welcome to empty checking, where we talk more about Meet the Feebles than we do Glory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, do you have any other honorable mentions you want to bring up? Or you know, there were uh, those are the ones I wrote down that I wanted to hit. Sure, there are uh, there were several. That we could talk about, so just start naming stuff and we'll go. Uh, yeah, I've got a few. Uh, one of mine is The Karate Kid 3. Uh, just one of those movies I was the right age for, uh, as much as anything. 
Um, I just, I, I like that movie a lot. And it, it, I don't like, remember which one that was. Uh, that is the one where Daniel has come back from Okinawa and re-enters the karate tournament uh, because that's what happened in the first one. Uh, but he's being trained by like an evil sensei and is abandoning some of Miyagi's ways. Uh, oh, gotcha. And he like it's it's dumb. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I really did much with yeah. that one. That I, one didn't I, make an impression on me. Yeah, it's not as good as one or two. But I I just like that movie a lot, and I wanted to mention it. I actually have a specific memory of that. I had a roommate several years ago where some cable station, I don't know which one, TBS, TNT, something like that, mm-hmm. something with a T in it. Uh, was Aaron the Karate Kid movies, like, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Huh. And, like, when he left, and for... A weird cable thing that happens is they will just do that all day. Just so, just show the same three movies over and over again all day. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was here, my roommate was here, and we were watching, like, the end of Karate Kid 3, and he left and went out and did whatever he was doing for the day. This was a weekend. And when he came back, he walked in and was like, are you watching Karate Kid 3 again? And I was like, yep. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what? In between this, I watched Karate Kid 1 and 2 with commercials. <laughs> he was like, you know I've got the DVD set of the Karate Kid. Like, you don't have to watch the commercials. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm doing this. And he sat that's down and watched Karate Kid 3 with me. Yeah, it was on. It was what you going to do. <laughs> so, like, I kind of love Karate Kid 3, not because of the movie, but because of that. Okay. So I just wanted to mention that. But, like, other honorable mentions I had, some of them were, were on your list, were, like, Major League and Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Eric the Viking, we just talked about. We talked a little bit about Born on the Fourth of July. We talked about Dream Team. Those were on my list. Uh, a special, like, weird favorite of mine that has come up on the show before is Eddie and the Cruisers 2. I just really yeah. like that movie for a dumb reason. Like, no good reason. One of the weirdest things about that movie that jumps out at me, this is a conversation for just me and you, but it's going out to whoever listens to this. <laughs> uh, the guy that plays guitar in that movie, like the hired gun guitar player, young gunslinger guitar guitar right. player in Eddie and the Cruisers 2, also played Pipe Fitter, the drummer in Hardcore Logo. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I know who that guy is. So how long has it been since I've seen Eddie and the Cruisers, too? Yeah, yeah, you'd recognize him now. But, uh, yeah, it just, I, I don't know, I just kind of like that movie. Uh, one that, uh, actually another one in the Criterion Collection that's on my list of ones to get soon. One that I just like a lot, uh, and maybe not for the reasons that you'll think of when you hear it. Uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh, that's a good film yeah I like that movie uh, and I, I mean partly just I really love Andy McDowell mm-hmm, sure and uh, just she's great in that uh, that's just one I wanted to mention uh, another one I think in like the same week or weekend that I saw War of the Roses with mom and grandma and grandma's house uh, I also uh, saw My Left Foot uh, which yeah, is I've never seen My Left Foot either. That's another one that I should have seen and I haven't. It's uh, fine. It's such a weird. Uh, it's it, it's a, such a weird experience I have with it because there's uh, the plot of that movie is uh, Daniel Day Lewis plays someone who is largely nonverbal and has several other physical ailments, but who can communicate very well with his left foot. Right. That's basically the movie. Uh, there's a moment in that where he's dealing with his speech therapist, and, uh, I just remember, uh, him saying, uh, like, the speech therapist knocking on his door with, like, Daniel Day-Lewis's character's mom with her. They're knocking on the door, trying to get him to respond. 
and you hear Daniel Day-Lewis say something that's similar to, Whoa! you know, something like that, because he's not very verbal. And the speech therapist th says, uh, I can teach you to say fuck off much more clearly. <laughs> and that's a very funny line. Yeah. And my grandma, uh, like our grandma, mom's mom, says, Derek, you don't, you don't say that kind of word. And mom says, he knows. <laughs> 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 and like, that's my abiding memory of my left foot. <laughs> but also a really good movie. <laughs> and Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis is fantastic in it. Uh, playing a differently abled person, he does that role a lot of justice, or at least did for the time frame. I, I'm not entirely sure how it aged. I haven't seen it in a while. But, uh, yeah, I, My Left Foot is an honorable mention for me. And uh, the other ones that I had written down as honorable mentions we kind of already touched on. Uh, I felt like there were others that jumped out at me as I was reading the big list, but I blew through that so fast that I don't remember what they are now. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's weird that we haven't had a conversation about Weekend at Bernie's. Um, but <laughs> what is, what's to, what's to talk about? With Nothing at all, but it just seems like someone should have mentioned it a little bit I mean, more. For some how, we don't know how it ever got made. Yeah, right. Um, we don't know how they were going to a second one. I was <laughs> yeah. about to say that. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan um, Silverman. So, well, Silverman went on to do have a small career, had yeah, a TV show stuff. for a while. Yeah, he's probably my, still doing stuff. My thing is, why did uh, McCarthy not become yeah. like the dude? And I think he kind of stepped, Andy McCarthy, he kind of stepped away a little bit. Yeah, maybe on purpose. I think on purpose. Yeah. He just wrote a book about that and i think he i heard a, a little bit of an interview with him on the radio and he spoke um a little bit about not wanting the, but they're having a problem with some of the fame and some of the brat pack stuff yeah. he had an issue with that yeah um but i mean for a while there he was kind of the dude i forgot yeah. heathers was 89 that was yeah heathers uh, that, that was almost on my list that's for another one that feels like it should be a little bit later yeah i would have assumed 90s yeah and they made a musical out of it now yeah, so yeah. you know I'm a little surprised neither of us talked more about Lean on Me. Uh, just seems like one of those movies, you know, that would have come up a little bit more. Yeah, I just I wasn't a big fan of the yeah. movie. I mean, I, I, I thought it wasn't was... either, but I'm just I mean, surprised a... that neither of us was. <laughs> Nothing necessarily wrong with it. I just right. it it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, no, I see that a few for I a few reasons, that. but I was surprised by your list that you didn't list a Pet Cemetery. I don't think it's a very good movie. Really? Interesting. Um, I like the story. I don't know. I just... I, I don't... Based on absolutely nothing, I just assumed that you liked it a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Most Stephen King novels don't make good movies. That's they true. They really don't. Um, and you know, then the novel is good. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with the movie necessarily. It's just kind of eh for me. It just yeah. didn't really... No, and maybe I just didn't see it close enough to it being released, perhaps. That you could know, be. I'd, you know, but because um, I didn't see it for years, yeah. so um, you know, yeah, you know. So I mean, Fred Gwynn's in it, so yeah. got that going for it. But it just didn't make much of an impression. Yeah. Uh, Keep going. We'll do. Just, we'll do like a quick round. Yeah, <laughs> just, sure. Just a, a movie that. I very specifically remember watching and cemented Dennis Quaid in my head as Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, I thought about that one. That yeah. was actually it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of it was accurate and how much of it was movie. Yeah, and I how much they left out. Yeah, I don't think it did quite as much for Jerry Lee Lewis as they meant for it to. 
No, and that was a point when biopics weren't really done like yeah. they are now. Yeah. You can make that movie now and it'd be... Yeah, it'd be a lot... It'd, it'd be walk the line now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, at that time, I just... I maybe they were sticking their toe into waters that they weren't ready to navigate yet. Well, and, I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis, must be fair, it's not necessarily the most sellable story. Yeah. It should be, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, he, so he had some ugly moments. He was not um, an interesting cat, but not necessarily the best guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, another one that, uh, I mean, somebody's mad that wasn't on either on, on either one of our lists is uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I mean, for the diner scene alone. Again. You know? <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Right. Not a bad movie. Um, I mean, if you're talking Rob Reiner movies, if we did like a Fab oh, sure. 15, Rob, I mean, I like, on that list. I like Rob Reiner. Um, yeah. Direction's fine. Billy Crystal's fine. Yeah. Meg Ryan's good in it. Sure. Um, Boy, fun, Meg Ryan fundam- was just like the go-to in the 80s, wasn't she? Uh, Meg Ryan was awesome. And yeah. all of a sudden just fell off the face of the earth and then came back and was not as good. Okay. So there you go. I mean, that's all there is to it. But, you know, I I love 80s Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think the whole premise of When Harry Met Sally is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. But, um, and that's probably why it's never sat with me. But I do know someone who, it's her favorite movie, and I would not expect that out of her, but I don't know her as well as I guess I thought I did. So there you go. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, the other one that you already mentioned that I, uh, you know, probably merited more discussion was Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's one of those movies that I know I've seen all of. I'm not sure I've seen it in the right order because uh, mm. I saw it on cable a lot, you know. And yeah. I, 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 so I don't know so, that I've ever sat down and done a dedicated watch of Driving Miss Daisy, but I know but, that what I've seen has impacted me, you know. Yeah, the thing about I I had, I had a lot. Of, that's the movie I thought about the most over the past week or so, hmm. um, and I decided it didn't deserve to be on a list. Okay. Um, because I think for all that it supposedly did in its um, in talking about race relations and everything else, it was really it was about two people. It wasn't necessarily about the bigger picture. Yeah. But which is something that people don't remember. But it got a lot of pushback at the time from the African American community. Yeah. People were not happy. Yeah. Um, I think fairly so, actually. Fairly so. And uh, in rewatch, I didn't rewatch the whole movie, but I rewatched a lot. I did a lot of YouTubing on it. It's like, well, let me rewatch some of the stuff. And for as many um, scenes that I think are good and are touching, I think there's a lot of them where they really dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, The other thing is, I don't think it ever really gets resolved other than her telling him, oh, you're my best friend. Yeah. Well, but the racism doesn't get resolved. Right. In any way, shape, or form. Agreed. And I also think it's very unfair to um, the character of Hoke. I mean, okay, so it's a part where he admits he doesn't know how to read, and that's kind of an issue. Well, yeah, you can read. I'll show you how to, you know. So that's okay. Um, And I don't mind that they made him an uneducated black male at the time, because unfortunately that was the case. Yeah, at the time. At the time. But that movie spans up to the 70s. Yeah. And I don't think... And again, I was a child in the 70s, so, you know, take grain of salt here. I really don't think that he still would have been talking like a 1940s person in the 70s. I don't think it would have happened. I think that it was a little too stereotypical, even for the time. Yeah. Um, And it won Best Picture. 
Yeah, the, and Palma Hebo, the best picture, other than, you know, and granted, we are, we are kind of looking at this from a 2022 perspective here. Sure. And I did mention earlier that I didn't want to do that, but sometimes you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, the other problem with it being the best picture is that it's really has no stylistic anything. Yeah, no. It's, 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 it was based on a play, and it looks like a play. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a one shot in a car for yeah, most of it. For, yeah, I mean, even when they get out of the side of the car, you wouldn't notice. Right. Um, so there's that problem, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, this, the stereotypical stuff in it, I was bad at the time. Yeah. And it was noticeable at the time. Yeah. But because it dared to talk about, you know, an old Jewish woman and an old black person who right. had been male who had been friends forever and it did dare to talk about their relationship, people thought, Oh wow, what a moving movie. And then when Do the Right Thing and Glory both came out in the same year and did yeah. much more yeah. for thing. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think that uh the protests that were made at the time weren't really heard. But basically, they weren't hurt because white Hollywood was busy clap, patting itself on the back so loudly yeah. it couldn't be hurt. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with all that. As much as the performances in Driving Miss Daisy are top notch, yeah. Morgan Freeman, Jessica yeah. Tandy, both. Yeah. Top notch. Yeah. The problem is in the writing. Yeah. Um, and kind of in the presentation too. Dan Aykroyd too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of yeah. his better roles. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it, it, it is ultimately a movie you, that comes across as cheerful black man drives around a, a rich white woman. Yeah. So if you take, if you take it as okay, well, just as a movie, is it done well? Then yeah, I mean, maybe it deserves to be on the list. There are a few touching scenes between the two of them. Absolutely. I absolutely will give you that. But I think that it's just it doesn't do doesn't go far enough um, to resolve the issues. Even the scene yeah. when. She doesn't bring him along to see Martin Luther King Jr. speak. Yeah. Even that scene, it's muted and his anger is there, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's so much of it is just left hanging there. And yeah. why they didn't frame the relations more in the con in the um, context of her being an older Jewish woman. Right. There were more in common than they could, and that really yeah, doesn't yeah, that doesn't was... get. And maybe it gets explored in the play. Maybe yeah, it's cut out. I've never seen the play. Maybe the play is a hundred percent better yeah. and goes much deeper into this stuff. And if it does, then good. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I think that Driving Miss Daisy, as much as there's a lot of work put into it, and as much good as you can say about it, I think you have to say just as much bad, if not more. Yeah, I, I ultimately I think you sort of hit the nail on the head that they were making this and at the same time Glory and Do the Right Thing were also coming out. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, uh, it, it feels like a movie that had a mark that it wanted to hit and it sort of missed it. You know, like it, it got close. Yeah, if, I got if, close. If we're in a, if we're in the bullseye, it's in like the kind of the second no, run the other, right before the other the, thing that it did yeah. was it presented um, and sometimes this is okay, but it presented that um, kind of what am I trying to say an era of the South. Yeah, but it presented a picture of the South that never really existed yeah. outside of. One or you know a few small communities, the whole southern well, gentleman outside of thing. communities and outside of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are a handful of communities where yes, the southern gentleman is a thing, and they have right. those. Um, and there are a lot of 
Southern traditions that come from that yes. that people use and, you know, people living in a cardboard yeah. shack yeah. still use. And that's okay. Yeah. But and, and folks, you're listening to people who have farms and their family lineage. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, we we grew up, you know, going and visiting the farms in summer. Yeah. A lot. You know, I was just down there for a funeral not so long ago and yeah. I was able to take um, two of my kids with me one couldn't go but i was able to take two of my kids with me and they, it's the first time they've been able to really see the farm yeah and i was able to show okay this is what we did this is you know this oh look this this used to be all different things you know mm. so i was able there to used to be cows here yeah right this was yeah. cows there were you know um just even going down it's like oh so this that's gone that used to be you know yeah, so yeah. um but yeah so you know we have farms and we have and i have a lot of respect for the south yeah um and i think you know i mean hey there's there's good and there's bad, but yeah, you know, there's absolutely. good, there's bad in Maine too. So absolutely. what do you want? Um, but there's this, uh, I'm trying to avoid saying the word whitewash cause that's wrong, <laughs> yeah. but this kind of, uh, glossy version of the South that, yeah, it's kind of there for a little while, but you know, Hollywood tends to focus on it and it's just this, it's not really true. So, I mean, driving Miss Daisy. If we were talking about this in 1989, yeah, between 19 between 1989 and even let's say 95 to 2000, yeah, we'd have had a different conversation. Yeah, it would have been up at the top. But now, um, you know, we know more. And as much as I say you cannot judge yesterday's art by today's standards, right? Um, it failed then. Yeah, we just didn't notice it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, fa- it failed then compared to the other things that were happening then. Right. If we didn't have, and again, I haven't seen Do the Right Thing. I know enough about it yeah. to know that um, it doesn't have this little genteel version of race that hits you in the face with it. Oh, absolutely. From minute one. Yeah. Um, and so I know that much, you know, and Glory is um, even more history and is yeah. more original, but, um, and it does, and it, handles it in a different way but just as powerfully yeah, yeah um and so yeah and this is the kind of the sanitized version yeah of race relations in the in the late 80s yeah. and uh you know yeah so uh, this is probably my one exception to where i say there's a lot of times when i look at old things and say yes that's wrong that was wrong then it's wrong now mm-hmm. but we can't judge the whole movie on this one line so yeah so we can't you know so i mean i have you know, gone to bat for many a old movie, the black and white movie from the forties. Yeah, sure. It's like, hey, you know, you got, you know, I was like, no, yeah, it was wrong. Of course yeah, it was wrong. There's but, stuff you have to forgive in the but Marx people, Brothers. Yeah, but and, people you know, didn't know yeah. it was wrong then. We know it's wrong now, but in yeah. 1989, you know, we kind of knew. Yeah, I feel we were like just we, knew a lot we were ignoring then, yeah. it, but yeah. we knew. Yeah. I'm speaking for white people in general here. Yeah. Not anyone specific, but overall, we knew we just weren't ready to deal with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the 1930s, we didn't know. Yeah, yeah, and in, in 1989, we were still riding the Reagan boom. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, let's, well, I mean, the 80s honest. were a really weird time where mm. you could, uh, uh, where the I mean, the whole Reagan thing made everything different. So weird. And that's yeah. where things. That's where everything started, I think. But. Yeah. Not getting into politics. The 1980 times were 80s was a time when you could go to the movies and cheer on Rambo. Yeah. And as then... As he's committing an act of gentrification. Yes. And cheer that <laughs> and on. Genocide, as and genocide, as we're And leave that and be like, go USA. Yeah. And then the next day, be 
at the rally that was opposing the nuclear buildup in the Cold War. Yeah. I mean, it was... And that's maybe what's better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not the Hard to say. not the gentrification no, no, part, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, maybe it was better that you could go back and forth between those things, and you know, be a balanced person. Whereas now you're one or the you're one yeah. way or the other, and you're done. I don't. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that was better or not, but it was yeah. weird. And it was the beginning of everything we're doing now. You can trace to the eighty mid mid eighties, but I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's very weird. Anyway, that got way deeper than I yeah, that ever got expected heavy over driving Miss Daisy. It's uh, <laughs> you know, which I mean, I, which and and you know what? If that's the conversations that that film brings up, then maybe it deserves to be. Yeah, it's, that's a good held point. on to. It's a good. I mean, better that we get heavy over that than we do over Earth Girls are Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, there's things to say about that, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I think we got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless anybody has any disputes about specifically Jim Carrey that they'd like to bring up, which you're free to do. Uh, I have a few, but maybe for another time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, you know, 1989 was one of those years that there were a bunch of movies that were really interesting and a bunch of movies that had just broached subjects that, if nothing else you can say in 89, we started talking about things that we weren't talking about before. Sure. Uh, especially in, you know, suburban communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the first exposure a lot of suburbanites had to the, the Bronx was do the right thing. You know, the, the first exposure that a lot of suburbanites had to a weird academic lifestyle that, that they'll never know is, is Dead Poet Society. Right. The first exposure that a lot of suburbanites had to the wrestling ring was No Holds Barred. Uh, it's, uh, there were, huh. there was a... <laughs> I kind of think you're wrong on that. <laughs> I was going for I'm a, not uh... 100% sure you're right on the Bronx thing either, but I'm pretty darn sure. <laughs> Fair enough. That. You know what, uh, showed it, what I thought was going to be on your list and wasn't? And yeah. not to drag this on anymore, sure. but I'm gonna. Sure. Um, you can make it a two-parter. I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> I thought Munchausen was going to be on your list. Uh, you know, I toyed with it. I really love Munchausen, uh, and it is a personal... I mean, I'll be honest with you, if I took off uh, Magnolias, and if I took off uh, Field of Dreams, Munchausen would have been on there. Uh, I, I really do love that movie, and I love Terry Gilliam. Uh, I've watched... I, I, I think I, I'm pretty close to owning all of his movies on Blu-ray. Uh, big fan of his, big fan yeah, of Munchausen. There's been some questionable things come out lately about how he treated... People on set, not absolutely sexually, not sexually, but yeah. that he uh, apparently was is not looking out for anyone's safety while he makes his movies. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. But uh, having said that, yeah, he it, thinks they're safe. Yes, he's, he's not doing anything. You know, he's a product of his time who doesn't realize the time moved on. Uh, yeah. in, in some respects, anyway. But as a, a, a but I, but I think he's trying. I think he's thinking about it. I yeah I I I think he thinks he's doing well. Uh, you know, and and that's to, the thing. To a certain extent, you have to listen to the heart, and I think his heart is in the right place, and he just doesn't know what he needs to adjust. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, you have to like you take it like with your elderly, with your grandfather or your father yeah. who's getting up in age, yeah. um, you know, or whatever. You have to, you know, if it's your family member, you say, "Well, I know what he means and what he's yeah, yeah, yeah. really trying. I know that he's trying to change, and is that you know." But no one wants to extend that to the yeah. stranger. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem we're having yeah. right now. But yeah, Gilliam, I think, is is he's at least got his head in the thought process a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 
Um, well, but Gilliam, leaving that out of it, you know, one of the one of our greater directors yeah. of the modern. Well, and Gilliam also so much a guy who spent so much of his career being intentionally subversive, uh, who may not understand that being subversive now is different than it was at the time. Yes. Uh, I think that's really what, what he falls into. I think John Cleese falls into that same trap. Um, a lot of comics do. Yeah, a lot of a lot of comedians. British com- comedians especially tend yeah, to. Yeah, for well, some reason. And, well, and part of that is the the uh, social landscape is so much different in Britain than it is in in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reads That's true. so much differently. Like so many, I, I follow John Cleese on Twitter, for example, and so many of the things that he retweets and argues with are from Americans, not from anybody in Europe. Yeah, uh, it's it's just a different mindset, and so there's some it of really that is. too. So it's one of that, but even and, some older American comedians yeah, are having troubles. absolutely, and and not trying to excuse any of it, of course. Right, uh, we all are capable of do, of doing better than we do, but uh, Gilliam, all of that removed, Gilliam's movies. I again, I think I have pretty close, if not all of them, and uh, just a I, I I really love his approach to film. And uh, Munchausen, yeah, definitely one of my favorites of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones, a uh, couple people who are fans of the show in the archive, you can find me talking about my uh, uh, Robinathon that I did, where I watched a bunch of Robin Williams movies uh, because I realized I had never properly mourned Robin Williams. And so I just watched uh, 30 Robin Williams movies in the course of like two months. And Baron Munchausen was one that I already had, and Robin plays a very weird part in that because Robin There's Williams made. There's nothing but weird parts in that. Yeah, that's true. But Robin Williams made bananas careers, career choices, and being in Baron Munchausen is maybe top of that list. Uh, he he plays a very odd role in that, but he's in it, and it's one that I just already had because I loved that movie. Because I I think, I, I think I saw that one in theaters. I'm pretty sure I saw that one in theaters, and. Yeah. Uh, Huh? I think you did. Yeah, I think so. I, I, because you would have been there, I'm sure. Because it was a Terry. No, Gilliam I never movie. saw that on. Really? I never saw that in the theater. Uh, that's I didn't see it until it hit home video. That's interesting. But I think you. I think you would. I think I remember you coming back and telling me about it. Yeah, it feels like I did. Uh, and you know, like I, I definitely watched that in my Rob, Robinathon that I did, and uh, I, I just, I, I, I like that movie a lot. And like Eric Idle's in it, and is fun, and it's. It's one of uh, Gilliam's movies that I think kind of plays to a young audience pretty well, too, even though it's a little bit too long and a little bit too complicated uh, and a little bit too weird. But I just sort of... I agree the, with all of that. The the big the big picture, weird scenery, you know, sort of scenes that he does, the sort of moments that are big kind of movie scenes play really well to a, a young mindset. And... You know, rewatching it now, I, I look at it and go, oh, yeah, I remember being young and enjoying that. You know, and, like, I kind of yeah. feel it again. I, that's the one of the Terry Gilliam movies I've seen. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen most sure. of them that I don't connect with. Really? But I knew hmm. that it was one of your favorites, so I was kind of surprised it wasn't on your list. Yeah, I mean, it came close. Uh, again, Steel Magnolias, which ended up on the list, <laughs> yeah. on the final list. Uh, Field of Dreams, if those hadn't been on there, it definitely would have been in contention. Uh, I I do like that movie quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I just whatever reason it didn't make the final cut, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. definitely an honorable mention for me, um, along with many others. We could do sure. a whole other episode of just yeah, the honorable we could just mentions. Go through, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. what a year! What a year in movies, nineteen eighty nine was. Yeah, 
just one of the biggest blockbuster years like ever. I mean, maybe the year that was, I think, whatever year Gone with the Wind came out, I think might be historically more significant. But uh, it, it, you know, 1989 certainly within within the lifetime of those currently living, probably the best, the most notable year. The most chock full of movies, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there, there are a few other years that you can talk about. You were talking about like an 88 a lot when you were looking at it by accident, but yeah, uh, there's, oh, there's yeah, I mean, there's in every decade has a year, uh, has a probably a two or three year span, yeah, of uh, you know, like the 70s. I think the late mid to late 70s were, yeah, um. But I think, but movies were more spaced out at that point too. You didn't, yeah, you know, then in the eighty nine, into the 80s when we started seeing more movies being put out. Yeah, it just more seems more like stuff. everybody came at us with both. Kind of like the thirties, the thirties that happened yeah, 30s too when, happened when movies too. were new. Yeah, it was just you yeah. know a different movie every day. But yeah, it seemed like it happened in the thirties, and then in eighty nine, everyone went, "Oh yeah, movies." Right, <laughs> we we have the technology to make movies, lots of them. So uh, that that just kind of I I think it turned into John Mulaney there for a second. Uh, <laughs> just, you did, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, I I think that kind of happened in '89. It, it just just a wealth of movies there. Uh, we need to start wrapping this thing up because okay. uh, at some point I've got to edit this show down, uh, and Fair. that's going to be an interesting challenge. But uh, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, checkmates at home when you listen to this uh, shoot me an email at db at derekbrink.com tell me what your fab 15 1989 movies are or if that's a little bit hard just tell me your favorite one two three four five you know you don't yeah. have to do a 15 just tell me what you like tell me what you what you agreed with that we said tell me what you didn't agree with that we said uh, tell us what parts pissed you off yeah tell us what parts <laughs> pissed you off some of the parts that might have pissed you off might not have made the final edit we'll find out yeah, when, when this gets uploaded I'll be interested to know myself yeah uh, we'll see what happens but uh, I, I enjoyed this conversation I uh, I had a lot of fun prepping for it and uh, I'm, I am I think you ended up having fun prepping for it too even though you looked at the wrong year to begin with uh, so, <laughs> I did. Uh, this was a fun conversation for me. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, Checkmates at home. Thank you so much for listening to it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope maybe you'll check out a couple of movies that you hadn't heard of before, or that you hadn't considered watching before. Maybe maybe one or two of the things that we said jumped out at you and made you think, you know, maybe maybe I need to give that one a chance. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where any of this is streaming. Good luck. <laughs> so, uh, but with that. I'm going to say the stuff that I say at the end of every show. Uh, when I have a guest on the show, I need to make it clear that I'm speaking for myself. I think Dave would co-sign on a lot of this, but I, I want to make sure that I'm saying I'm speaking for me as I write out the show here in the outro. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, for being a part of this, and for inviting me into your home or whatever your experience with the show is. Please continue to be mindful of the COVID-19 virus that is still out there. This whole summer, I have not gone a week without hearing that someone I know has it. And some people are struggling hard with it. So please continue to be responsible. Please get vaccinated if you are not yet vaccinated. Get boosted if you are not yet boosted and are eligible to be. Along with that, please remember that Black Lives Matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights. Please remember that women's rights are human rights. And be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. 
Kevin McCarthy. The old guy on UHF was Kevin McCarthy. 